is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Wednesday, February 8th, 2023. LeBron James broke the record last night. We will talk all about it. I know it's what you're here for, right? As the preeminent sports talk show in America, you and I both know you're here for it. Uh, We'll talk about Danny Ainge, the Utah Jazz CEO, frustrating the rest of the NBA. And again, I know, wait, wait, wait. I know, hold on, hold on, hold on. Got to stop the music because we... We did it again, Jake. Yeah, we did. We did it again. We did. It, it, it's Victory <coughs> Lap Wednesday, right after Victory Lap Tuesday, which was preceded yes, yes, by yes. Victory Lap Monday. Now, now, if I remember right, we almost dislocated our arm. Right, you know, I did, actually. Yeah. I'm, so I'm worried about the been? integrity of my shoulder. Right, uh, right. SMU is said to be the next target of the Pac-12 and expansion. What? Yeah, I don't know how we do it every single time. And I'm good looking. We'll talk about that coming up on the show. And do you guys go to the movies? What is the last movie you saw in the theater? AMC says it's going to get more expensive to go to the movies. I mean, now, I know that you and your supposed girlfriend, you guys never leave the house ever. Uh Uh-huh. But have you have you taken your current love interest to the movies of late? I have not. Okay. Nope. Okay. Cheap F. Uh, but it is what it is, I guess. Okay. Okay. I good. love going to the movies. It's something I have always loved. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of great movies out lately. I think the last one I went to was Top Gun. Yeah, you just have no taste in movies. That's why you don't know great. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. not movies. It's films. Films. Please. Yeah, sorry. It's films. films. Right. Right. Hello, Thank man. The Monty Show is presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com. I say it every day on this show. If you've been in an accident, you need to have that name in your head, The Advocates, right? You need to know that you can get to theadvocates.com. You need to understand you can chat with an attorney online 24-7, 365 at theadvocates.com because they're the best for you because they have experience. They're not asking you to pay them any money up front. You don't pay retainers because they don't have retainers. You don't pay consultation fees because they don't have consultation fees. All they have is the best injury attorneys in the business at theadvocates.com. Um, I see all of the vitriol in the in the in the chat over LeBron James. <laughs> How Why big of a story, LeBron, dude? How big of a story is this that LeBron James last night? Um, if you missed it, LeBron James broke the all-time scoring record held for thirty-nine years. Yeah, by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the captain. He breaks that record last night, and the heat on Twitter was remarkable. Why? Why is there so much vitriol for LeBron? I I don't know, man. I, I I don't know if it's the off the court stuff or or just 
or just sit plainly just hating on him to hate on him. I, I really don't know. I mean, you'd have to ask these people. I, I, cause I, again, like we spoke about yesterday, I mean, you know, it's no secret, like LeBron's not my favorite player, but, but there's no denying that you have to respect, you know, what he's been able to accomplish here. And I think that, you know, in today's day and age of athlete, you know, we had this discussion about Tom and his retirement. It's and Tommy, please. Tommy Thank and you. his retirement. Um, you know, and people were all pissed about that too. So I don't know if it's just, you know, athletes who are, who are, have longevity and have been playing a long time. And if you're just burnt out on those guys or what, but, but what I'm telling you is that you're hating on a guy who's doing something special. And I think that, you know, no matter who you are, LeBron lover, LeBron hater at a minimum, I think you have to be able to say, okay, this guy clearly did something special. I don't like the guy, but you know, you got to respect him. Yeah. And I, I think when you look at some of the comments, um, coming in last night about how he's selfish and they shouldn't stop the game. It's the all-time career scoring record. They shouldn't stop the game for LeBron. That's crazy. They had a 10-minute ceremony to honor him. As he broke the... Nobody has ever scored more points in the NBA than LeBron James. Yeah. And they shouldn't stop the game. People calling him selfish for stopping the game... People saying that his teammates don't like him because Anthony Davis didn't applaud when LeBron broke the record. Or like I saw the criticism of, of people saying that LeBron didn't immediately go over to Kareem. They did a ceremony at half court with Kareem and LeBron where Kareem <laughs> hands him a basketball. Yeah. I think it is, and again, this is just my opinion. I think it's one of the most difficult records to break. I don't know that we will see this again in our lifetimes. I, I really doubt that we will again see somebody break the scoring record for a career in the NBA. I don't think in my lifetime I will ever see it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's, you know, it's, it's that's what I'm saying. Like, it just is such a simple and straightforward thing, in my opinion. Like, I, I don't mean to dumb it down, but like, I just, it, it's like, okay, I understand that people don't necessarily enjoy LeBron, you know, in every single aspect of LeBron that LeBron brings to the table. Like I get that, but, but this is the all time NBA scoring record, man. This is, this is, you know, this is, I agree. One of the most difficult, you know, challenges to overcome. I mean, you're, yes. you're, it's not one of those that's just like, Oh, you had, you know, a couple of big years or you had, this isn't like, you know, putting up 81 in a game, I would say is easier than doing this, you know, putting up, uh, you know, one like single game achievements, in my opinion, are easier to accomplish than this record because it takes so long to accumulate damn near 40,000 points, man. Like that's a lot of points. And think about all the bad teams Bron's been on. Think about, you know, all the playoff runs, like the longevity, the, the the how much work he's had to put in. Like Dude. that's what I think people don't understand. Like that's why I respect it. Because it's like, yeah, has is his winning percentage in the NBA finals on the lower end? Sure. But that doesn't mean that the work he put in to get there is just discounted. You know, like it take like it takes so much to do this. So that's why I I respect him, and I'm also surprised that people can't just simply say, like, yeah, this is a pretty cool moment in our life. Well, and Kevin Durant is 12,000 points behind. Yeah. twelve. I said 12,000 points behind. KD is always hurt now, it feels like. I, I he he's what That's the closest guy to LeBron James right now. 12,000 points. You, you go down a little further and you just you're seeing Allen Iverson, James Harden, 
Uh, it is 14,000 points yeah. behind James Harden. He's not going to play long enough. Russell Westbrook, no chance. Like, this record is not going to be broken for another 40 years. Yeah. I, I mean, it is, I think it is insurmountable. I yeah. think it is, I think it's an incredible achievement. It, it just, the what it takes in today's NBA to play this long at his size, at his weight, at the, like, I mean, it's just, I understand haters, and I'm, I even embrace that in sports. But today is a day where you you tip your cap to LeBron and understand that the, the conversation, if you, were, if you haven't seen the highlights yet, at halftime, LeBron and his kids were standing there talking about, yeah, should I break this record tonight? Should I go and get it? Should I go and do it? And then he goes and does it. And he broke it down by, well, I need eight points a quarter. Yeah. You know, he had like 16 points he had to get, and he went and got him in the third quarter. Well, I, I the, it was amazing to me. The family dynamic, I also think, is something that's really cool. I mean, obviously, you know, we're family on this show, and so for me personally, like, I think it's just a cool little wrinkle to the whole situation that, you know, like, because LeBron's been talking about playing with Bronny for a couple years now. And yes. like, to see that Bronny's yep. there and, like, they can kind of share that moment and, and just, it, it's just a cool thing, man. And, and well, think about <clears throat> what that means to Bronny though. Yeah. And think about what that means to Bryce, his younger son, who was also there, as Jake said, like being exposed to that moment and being exposed to that kind of history is preparing them to go on to the next level. Like I listened to what Josh Giddy said uh, after the game last night, the young Australian for OKC, who by the way, went on to win the game. Uh, we should point out. Josh Giddy said, I grew up with LeBron as my favorite player. I idolized him to be on the floor with him when he broke the record was special. I, I can't even imagine what being Josh Giddy must be like, what being Shea Gilgis Alexander must be like to watch something like this happen, mm -hmm. let alone to see your dad being the one to do that. And knowing that you're coming up behind him, I, I, I just thought it was a really special experience. If you're not happy for LeBron today, I don't know that you can be happy uh, with people, with, with, as a person, rather, I meant to say. Part of Bron's, like, thing is, is that people, people don't feel like he's a pure scorer. And I, and I love, we were kind of talking about this yesterday about JJ Reddick's podcast and what he had talked about and talking about Bron, you know, being the best scorer the league's ever seen now. Like, like I got, I tend to agree with that. Bron just does it in a different way. It's not necessarily the pretty J every time. Like, the reason I love Kevin Durant's game so much is because he lives and dies on the jumper, and it's beautiful to watch him get to his it spots. It looks easy with KD. It yeah. looked easy with Kobe and Michael. It never looks easy with LeBron. It, it, the guy has to work pretty much for every bucket that he gets. Yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, uh, LOL, LeBron, can't spell Lakers lose without LeBron. Wow. That's harsh, bro. Uh, Capazzo <laughs> says, uh, Top Gun Maverick was the last movie I went to in a theater. Yeah. Yusuf says, La uh, latest Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. Okay. I loved Top Gun, by the way. Uh, what's up, Jerem Patterson? My guy. He says, good morning, fam. Missed you guys. Best radio show on the planet. Go to appreciate that. What's up? Uh, Matt Ritson says, good morning. Pudge NYC, what's, what's up, up? dude? I'm telling you, Pudge, your Knicks are on the verge. Yeah of making a huge deal, a huge deal. I think they're really close. James Knight from Australia, mate. Good morning, James. By the way, James said we're never in the chat on Instagram. We're in the chat like all day. All day. All day. I don't know how much you know. more we could be in that Instagram You're chat. You're welcome. 
Uh, James says, if I was LeBron's teammate, I would appreciate him balling out on the game um, with a game still to win. You, sh- I, I mean, it's not about that game. I yeah. think last night was about all-time history. Although I will say, I thought it was interesting that Anthony Davis did not stand. He was sitting on the end of the bench. And when LeBron hit the fadeaway, Anthony Davis wasn't celebrating. Mm-hmm. He did not stand up. He did not clap. He just sat there and said nothing and did nothing. What do you read anything into that? I mean, I I don't know if I if I read into read into it far enough to be like, oh, Anthony Davis is a bad teammate or whatever. I mean, I, who the hell knows? I mean, the guy. For all I know, the guy's back is killing him. I mean, I, and I'm not even trying to be dramatic. I mean, this guy is constantly hurt, and I, I and I'm not saying that's the reason he wasn't applauding. I'm just I'm just simply saying that that there could be any number of reasons. And you know, the the thing that I think you have to point to is that. You know, we don't get insight in the locker room to their relationship. Obviously, they're close. And LeBron on the bench, you know, telling AD that he loves him. And, you know, he's, he, he whatever, like just sharing, sharing positive energy with them. Like, they're fine. You know, they're fine. I think that, you know, Anthony Davis, I have to imagine, feels a bit like, yeah, man, like this is a really special moment. I've got a really special teammate. And I kind of need to live up to it for him on some level, you know, if I, cause if I was Anthony Davis, I would kind of feel that way. Like, man, I've really struggled to stay healthy. Like, you know, I, I really got to focus on staying on the floor for LeBron. Like I'm probably never going to play with a guy again, who's as good or as impactful as LeBron James, you know? And, and so if I was a guy that had the skill level and the talent and the ability that Anthony Davis had but also at the same time was fighting the injuries in my body and just can't stay healthy. I have to imagine when I'm witnessing, quite literally witnessing NBA history, and as I think it was Pudge said, black American history, yeah, I'm going to be impacted by that a lot. So I'm not going to take the leap and say the guy's a bad teammate, but I do think it was interesting he was the only one of the teammates not applauding. I, you have to question Well, that. and, and I, I think that if you're a guy like Anthony Davis, in moments like that, don't you realize how much of your career you've wasted? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would think, uh, again, I don't I don't know Anthony at all. I couldn't speak for him, but I, I, I think you have to, in that moment, understand what LeBron's done and what you have not. Because there's no doubt in my mind anyway, Anthony Davis is just as talented as LeBron. But... Your best ability is your availability. And Anthony Davis is routinely unavailable to the Lakers. He is is routinely unavailable to LeBron. And he has been routinely unavailable throughout his career. And there is no doubt that Anthony Davis is a disappointment. And it's got to be tough to see LeBron doing the things that LeBron did last night and the symbolism that's involved with what LeBron has accomplished over his career simply because... He's put so much time, effort, and money into keeping his body in shape, and Anthony Davis has not. And we heard street clothes. We, we heard all summer long about how Anthony Davis is in the best shape of his career, and then he's missed a ton of games this year. I imagine that's got to be difficult because Anthony Davis must believe he's one of the best players in the NBA, and I think he is, but he's never healthy. So what does it matter? Right. All that talent means nothing when you can't play. And I think when you see a guy like LeBron, whose career has been defined by longevity and greatness, that's got to be hard for Anthony Davis. I mean, it is, uh, and I think uniquely hard for Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook was never that good. 
You you look at a guy like a again Shea Gilgis Alexander or Josh Giddy, the two best players on OKC. That's an inspiration for them. But now you look at a guy in Anthony Davis who's not young. He has not lived up to his ability. He has not stayed healthy. That's got to be tough to watch. I yeah. can only imagine for AD that that is well, that's tough to, to watch. You yeah. know, as a competitor, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's it's tough to watch. James Knight says, "I'm glad OKC won the game." Uh, having to endure that circus. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt it's a tip of the cap to OKC. Yeah. I mean, to win the game in that atmosphere had to be difficult. You have people paying 75 gur a ticket yeah. to be in that seat. But I think if you're a player, aren't you like, hey, like we know what tonight's going to be. You know, like no. we know. No, you have no way to prepare for that. There's, And I think this is something that people don't understand. It's... Playing, playing in a Super Bowl, playing in the playoffs, because that's what that atmosphere is. The atmosphere last night is that of a playoff game. You have no idea how you're going to feel in that moment or in that game. And I, I, I again, I just point to the box score and look at the performances last night. And hey, man, I think if you are, if you are OKC and you see that Shea Gilgis Alexander went for 30 points and only hit one three. You got to feel pretty good about that. And you, you look at, uh, again, you look at a guy like a, a Jalen Williams, 25 points in 40 minutes. Got to feel good about that. Josh yeah. Giddy drops 20. You know, you look at LeBron. LeBron, he has 38 last night. Russell Westbrook has 27. And again, Anthony Davis plays 31 minutes and scores 13 points. Who did the moment weigh on? Well, it weighed on Anthony Davis. It didn't weigh on SGA. It didn't weigh on Russell Westbrook, who I thought actually played well last night. It weighed on Anthony Davis. I think it's very telling. And I know we're at the trade deadline, and and it's easy to say this now, but if you've watched the show at all, you know I, I, I'm i a believer they should trade Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. I think Anthony Davis is, is not a franchise player. I don't believe you can count on him. I don't think he's a guy that LeBron can pass the ball to in confidence. And again, that's why I say I think the Lakers are wasting LeBron James because you're not putting talent around him that he knows he can he can ball with. Right. I think it's a I think it's a huge problem. I I really do. Uh, Eric and Raleigh, I love that the outcome of the game is an afterthought. We play to win the game. Well, last night was about uh, was about American sports history. I mean, I don't think people understand the magnitude of that record. I don't know if there's a more difficult record to break. I I I, I really don't. Yeah. I don't know what that would be. I, I really don't know what that would be because I think it is going to be 40 more years before we see it again. Well, yeah, and I just think that it's, it's, I, I just, it's a great moment. Like why, like, I, I guess I just, I just wonder like, you know, like I love, I love NBA fans and I love you guys. I love James. I love Eric. Like I love everyone in the chat, but what is the struggle to be able to set everything aside for one night and say, Hey, this is about LeBron. Like, why yeah. is that Why is that so difficult to do? Who cares in this moment, in this night, if they won the game or not? Like, yes, you play to win the game, but he's been winning the game most of his career. Like, that's why we're here. You can't lose sight of that, you know? And For a guy like James Knight, though, and James, I'm not speaking for you. I mean, James is Australian. I don't think, I don't think anything LeBron does impacts James the way it impacts any of us that are in the States. Like, I just think, I think for a guy like James Knight, he's seen so many different things 
And, and, and like when you live in Australia, what happens in American sports is a very different. It impacts you through a very different filter. Yeah. So James, I understand your indifference to LeBron. Like he yeah. was talking about. Where's his comment on TNT? TNT was unbearable. I switched to the Spanish broadcast. Exactly right. Exactly right. Like to me, that that is quintessential, dude. I I yeah. I, I don't even disagree with you on that. I, I really don't. Uh, Frank H. Good morning. He says congratulations to LeBron, but that was embarrassing last night. The Lakers lost another game. They clearly should have won. They're uh, they are one of two teams with two top ten players and have sucked for the last two years. Is Anthony Davis any longer a top ten player? <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I don't know if he you is. Know, I, I don't think we can say they have two top ten players. They've got they've had two top ten players for five minutes over the last two years, and other than that, it's been LeBron and everyone else. Yeah, I don't I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Ryan S says they had a rehearsal before the game. If it would have happened at the end of the game or overtime, they wouldn't have played on. They would have played on. Yes, they would have. Exactly right. It was yeah. late in the third quarter. Well, it was scripted. It yeah. was scripted. Great yeah. point, Ryan yeah. S. All of sports is scripted. Right. We know that now. Right. Thank yeah. you to yeah. the NFL. Uh, Troy Cushing, a member of the program. Good morning. Louis Capazzo says, don't forget to crush the like button, please. Program. Please, please. Which is what our first comment in this morning. Lopes Van Gabe says, hit that like button on the way in, casuals. Yep. Mark Hales, good morning to you. Nameless School says, good, good morning, my dudes. Watch LeBron break the record last night. Shot was amazing. The dude dropped an F-bomb in his speech. <laughs> I mean, the fadeaway, I do maybe not even gently say LeBron is arrogant. I yes. mean, talking about signature, whatever he called his, he, I think he said a signature dunk or, you know, my signature fadeaway. Like, get what signature fadeaway? Shut up. Well, like it, that, I just want to be like, get out of here. Your best point so far today has been that it looks difficult for LeBron. It didn't look difficult for Kobe or Mike. No, and, it didn't. And, and I think that that's that, I think, on its own, may be the singular reason, the core, deepest reason why he gets hate. Because Kobe never got hate. Like, Michael... Like, but like they're, they're, they've been showing Michael Jordan highlights all morning long, like his dunks on Patrick Ewing or the Dikembe Mutombo finger wag that looked easy. Yeah. Everything LeBron does, he's taken on like three guys and you know, like the free throw shooting, the three point stroke is always awkward. Like it's the game. In my opinion, he's a great athlete. He's not in, he's not an easy athlete. Yeah. He's not a guy who's. And he's a he's a big hulking dude. It's a he he plays a physical game. Mike and Kobe and like KD play a finesse game. Yes, right? I would agree they, with they that. They play yes. a finesse game, and so it's it's just different. But th that said, that said, there's nothing I love more. Like I have memories of Braun on Christmas Day, like when when it was Heat and Lakers at Staples Center with with LeBron wearing his bright ass green Christmas shoes and it was weighed off the glass to LeBron for a ridiculous alley oop like you were like I remember all that stuff and that's what I'm saying like you know when when we talk about guys like Josh Giddy or like that generation of player who's in the league now all those guys LeBron is their Michael Jordan so that's what I'm saying man like like LeBron's impact is massive and I think Luckily for MJ and Kobe, their legacy will live forever. I don't think that Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant will ever be forgotten or underappreciated. My question, though, is will LeBron's legacy be that same way? Or will or 
30 years from now, will there be the next LeBron? You know what I mean? Or the next guy that will sort of replace that. That's what I'm curious about. Yeah, I don't know. I think that is a very interesting, that's a very interesting question. Cami Lynn says, hello. Hi, Cami Lynn. Mr. Preston says, good morning, fellas. It's hump day. I'm excited for the show. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Kanai Johnson, good morning to you, sir. He says, top of the morning, fellas. You might lose your chance uh, with playing too much hardball. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. What do you mean by that, bro? He, oh, you mean Danny Ainge. We'll talk about Danny Ainge coming up in six minutes on the show. The showgrum. Um, the showgrum. Uh, Pudge says, I, do, I don't hate LeBron. I hate his delusional fans. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Because those that defend LeBron, I don't disagree with that. Uh, let's see. Mike Maples, who's a member of the program. Good morning, Mapes. Uh, LOL, Boyd, their agent is real GM of the Lakers. Exactly. Because Boyd Lake said, remind me, did LeBron insist on signing Anthony Street Clothes Davis? You typed out the whole name. Anthony Street Clothes Davis to the yeah. Lakers. They share the After same the street agent. Street Clothes Davis. I don't believe that. I don't remember LeBron like, oh, you're going to do it. I don't remember him doing that. Yeah. I'm sure he sanctioned that move. I'm sure he was happy about that move. They Whatever. won a championship together. They absolutely won a championship together. Was it worth it? I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, James Knight, a member of the program, says, if any anybody's fadeaway was a signature on the floor last night, it was SGA, who I think still flies way under the radar. Yeah. By the way, did anybody see my guy last night? My dude? The one and only? The king, the stud, Cam Thomas. <laughs> he scored 40 more last night, but my guy Booker's back. Yeah. My guy Book is back. Dude's a little rusty. He's got some work to do. Uh, I thought he looked smooth. I thought he looked smooth. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. Capazzo says, oh, Jake, Kobe didn't get uh, hate after the rape accusations, and everyone always wondered if he really did it even though he was found not guilty. Remember the size of that rock he bought Mrs. After? Yeah, yeah you guys remember the I, diamond that he bought Vanessa yeah. after that whole thing? Oof. I'm talking about, dude, I, and I appreciate that, and you're not wrong, but I'm just talking about general hate. LeBron gets hated on, like, so much, dude. Like, Kobe, yes, had that off-the-court incident and had some issues, but nobody's talking about that. Nobody wants to talk about it. That's not how we remember Kobe. Like it just, it's, it's just tired. no. LeBron's arrogance and his, the flaunting of his greatness pisses people off. Yeah. It, it, it is that simple. That, that you see a guy who's got his kids and his wife and you know accolades from an entire build. Like I think there's a lot of vitriol for LeBron James. Yeah, and I, I think that Mike, at the end of the day, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan didn't have. Twitter to go after the president. Michael Jordan didn't. It's a different day and time. Yeah. Like it, it, social media in this age of professional sports has changed the way we deal with athletes. And I think LeBron is a great example of that. LeBron is somebody that puts himself out there and he puts out cryptic tweets that we have to wonder what they mean. And it pisses people off. He goes after the president. It pisses people off. That's right. Dude. He opens up a school and sends underprivileged children to college. It pisses people off. <coughs> like social media has changed the way we interact with people. We didn't have Twitter during Kobe's time. We didn't have Twitter certainly during Mike's time. Was it today is a, a, a different NBA. It's a different world. And that's why I continue to tell you, stop comparing LeBron James to like last night, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, there's no comparison. Stop comparing LeBron to Michael. There's no comparison. They played in two 
completely different eras. I, I just don't think you can do it. I yeah. don't think you can do it. Yeah. Uh, Pudge NYC says MJ stayed out of politics. What if MJ had had Twitter? What if he had had Twitter? Would he have gone after Bill Clinton? Would he have? I don't know. Would he have gone after the mayor of Chicago? I don't know. I have no idea. Twitter, I have no idea. Twitter was started in 2006. Yeah. Kobe's career started in November 3rd, 1996. So over half his career, Twitter didn't even exist. And Twitter yeah. really didn't even get going until what, like 2010, uh, 2011? Like it really didn't pick up steam. People weren't really on it until then. So that's why I say like Bronze just had it different, dude. And, and I yes. think that I think that I guess where I come down on it is he's not even close to my favorite player. But I just respect what he's been able to do, and even more so because he's not an easy athlete, as you put it. He doesn't just have that easy, smooth, I'm just more talented than you, you know, ability. He's had to fine-tune his game. I agree. He's had to, and by the way, I think it should also be said in terms of longevity and fine-tuning, we all remember, like, maybe we don't. Braun ran into a bunch of back issues when his time in Miami was ending. We like I remember the cramping. I remember the issues he had on the bench in the NBA Finals. I believe it was his second to last year, last year in Miami. And so he had to change his shot. He had to change his weightlifting routine. He had to change all this stuff to keep playing. So that's where I come down. I just feel like the guy deserves credit. Yeah. Just hey, great, yeah, you lost the game, but that wasn't really the point. Last night was about Braun. Now, next game, I don't know if that's tonight or tomorrow night, probably tomorrow night, that's going to be about winning and losing the game. And now we're on to, are you going to make the playoffs? And are you no, actually no, going to do something? No, 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 We're on to, Rob Palinka sucks. What do you think, LeBron? Please. That's what we're on to. We'll Seriously. get back to, Seriously. hey, LeBron, your general manager sucks. Your thoughts. Seriously. That's what we'll go back to in you the NBA. First. You're last. You know. All right. Jazz coming up in a minute. Jeremy Severe, good morning to you. He's a member of the program. He says, I don't think anyone will beat LeBron's. I think too many players will be injury prone because the mileage they put in on AAU years. <laughs> Great point. Great point. Kurt Myers says, uh, it costs Kobe the Hope Diamond to get out of that one. Yes, it did. And I've done similar things, you know, and yeah, because... As a as a beautiful, good looking man, women throw themselves at me all the time. So, you know, I have, you, and, you know, and it's, you know, sometimes it's hard to say no. And so you buy diamonds. Um, I mean, you know, how about that? I would know nothing about that. Speaking of buying diamonds, Mrs. Monty says, listening while killing it on the Peloton. <laughs> good so morning. What, what was that you were just saying about all these? Women and the funny, hose? you know, no, um, um, you know. I'm just um, saying. Uh, everybody, including Mrs. Monty, hit the like button, please. Anton says MJ is the secret father of Jimmy Butler. He's not go. even the secret Here father. Here we go. Well, I'm Info telling you, it's true. It's true. Garrett Mears, a member of the program. Good morning to you. R R R R R R R R R says LeBron might seem arrogant at times, but uh, but who millionaire doesn't? He's not the worst. At least I guess he got most of his money by playing ball and being extremely good at it. Ethical shoes? Nope. Ethical Like, I love this. Like, last night, Ennis Cantor, you know, tweeting about how LeBron turns a blind eye to oppression in China. Okay, are, are we really going to single LeBron out for that? He, he has a Nike a contract. He, like, okay, great. He turns a blind eye to oppression in China. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean he's not the all-time leading scorer, Ennis. Yeah. 
Like, that's what I hate about the par- the petty, arrogant guys. You know, Yusuf says, LOL, I love the Beavis laugh. Well, yeah. Yeah, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of our NBA talk and jazz talk on the program is brought to you by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure you get to Quick Quack Car Wash and you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. You know what, man? We love it when you guys send us pictures. Get to Quick Quack today. Snap a picture and tweet at us. Put it in our Instagram chat. Get after it at yes. Quick Quack Car Wash because you know as, as soon as you hear Quick Quack, it's a great car wash. The car's going to look great. Uh, Klaus is sitting out in the parking lot shining like he never has shined before. Thanks to our friends at Quick Quack. And the thing I like is they're really friendly. I roll up to Quick Quack. I'm in and out of there in five, seven minutes, no matter how long the line is. We're in and out of there quick. And the people are friendly. I don't have to deal with some like pagoda computer thing. Yeah. I roll up. They put my plate in. Hey, Monty, here's your free dashboard wipe. Anything else you need today? And they're friendly. They wave. like. And again, the car wash is second to none. Second to none. Yeah. By the way, bring the kids because there's all kinds of lights and colored lights and different soaps that fall on your car. It is a great experience at Quick Quack Car Wash, who presents all of our Utah Jazz and NBA talk here on the Monty Show. Jazz and T-Wolves, do we get an honor, a video in honor of Rudy yes. Gobert tonight? No, yeah. we don't. We oh, yes, no. they do. They, oh, my God. They did that already. Remember remember the circus? They're going to, they'll, they'll do something. They'll do something. Nah, it's over. He's already been back. Uh, the Jazz are a game under 500. They're 10th in the in the West. This is an important game, but one of the things that we are definitely seeing with the Utah Jazz is that there is a, a fog hanging around this team because of the trade deadline. Mike Conley openly talked about it. Jordan Clarkson talked about it the other night. And I, you just wonder how long is too long to wait to make a deal because we heard yesterday from sources that Danny Ainge has a very high asking price on Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, and Malik Beasley, three of the most in-demand guys. He's asking, by some NBA sources, two first-round picks and a player in return for Jordan Clarkson. <coughs> That's a lot of bread, dude. I don't know if Danny is going to continue to hold that high of an asking price, but it is shocking that you believe that you can get a first-round pick for Malik Beasley, Mike Conley, and two first-round picks for Jordan Clarkson. That seems like an awfully steep price, especially when you have other competition. Like Mike Conley's the best example of this. Fred Van Vliet is available, and the Clippers are all in on Fred Van Vliet right now. And I think a lot of it is they don't want to give up a first-round pick to get Mike Conley, nor would I. And I think it is Danny being unreasonable but does he come off that asking price? I don't know. We'll find out uh, in about 36 hours from now when the NBA trade deadline passes. It is tomorrow at 1 o'clock Mountain Time. Is Danny Ainge holding too high of an asking price? Two first-round picks and a player for Jordan Clarkson is too high. That is exceptionally high. Now, of course, you're going to have to get a player in return to make the salaries work. But two first-round picks... For a guy that's on the wrong side of 30 and is going to be a free agent this summer, Jake, that seems like an awful lot to ask by Danny Ainge. Yeah, and I think it, it suggests what we've been talking about, that Ryan Smith doesn't want to trade Jordan Clarkson. I think that, that that you know, Danny, obviously, 
you know, wants to get the most he can get for these guys. But but I don't even, I think it's, uh, you know, underselling it a bit to say that that's asking too much. I think it's an asinine price. That's what I think. I think that two picks and a player for Jordan Clarkson is crazy. That's, no one's going to pay that. That's just not like, you're. that's like all-star player level, level value, right? Like that's like, Hey, you're a stud in this league. You're, you know, someone that we could build a team around. Like, that's the kind of price you're asking for a guy who's a sixth man of the year and as a starter on a, a pretty mediocre team, you know, got some rumblings, a little smoke as an all-star, but never really was going to get in. So to me, I, I, it just suggests what we've, what we've been told. Ryan Smith doesn't want to trade. Jordan Clarkson and and what I've been concerned about and and for those of you who listen every day you're not you're not unfamiliar with this take I'm concerned that Danny Ainge is going to be a little bit too greedy that Danny Ainge is going to try to ainge too many people and and it's not going to work out and then you're not going to make enough deals and you're going to wind up waiting till summer which would be a huge mistake in my opinion right now your trajectory's nice you're going up and to the right right now you're you're on a good good path you got your money right you've got your draft capital right but if you don't get this trade deadline right and i've said it before and i'll keep saying it you don't get this trade deadline right now we got to have a different conversation we got to have a conversation about okay well what was the mindset at the trade deadline what are we doing like what what like the, like Malik Beasley has no business being here past the trade deadline. Mike Conley, I think, could be here, but but given the Fred Van Vliet sweepstakes and how many teams right now today need a point guard, he has no business being here past the trade deadline. There's way too much demand for a guy like him. So to me, it's been a concern over the last couple of weeks because I haven't been hearing and we haven't been hearing that, yeah, Danny is deep in conversations and they're putting deals together. What have we heard? Well, Danny's got a couple of these deals, first round, you know, a first round pick for JC. That's what he's got because Danny's asking too much and teams are just saying, okay, well, we're never going to pay that. Here's what you get. Take it or leave it. That's what I'm concerned about with Danny Ainge. And, and, and it, it is, I just can't emphasize enough. You can't miss on this deadline. You can't have a deadline go by where you do one deal and call it good. That's just not, that's not going to work. And, and yeah. This summer window is always fruitful. It's always productive. But I want that summer window to be fruitful and productive for the team that that should be made through the deadline, not the team that we have today. That's the difference. Yeah, I, I think when you look at the situation with the Jazz, uh, I think you're starting to see that you just have a lot of – you have a lot of questions around what the Jazz philosophy here is. You know, I think this story yesterday with Matt Ishbia taking over – uh, control of the Phoenix Suns, as we told you on Monday, I guess it was. Matt Ishbia had been approved by the Board of Governors, uh, and he took over control of the club yesterday. And then immediately you hear this, this story that they're bringing in Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas for a, <coughs> quote, significant front office role. I, I don't know how this continues to happen. You look at what... Isaiah Thomas did in Toronto, when they were an expansion team, he was an abject disaster, a failure. You look at what Isaiah Thomas did with the CBA, the Continental Basketball Association. He was a failure. You look at what Isaiah Thomas did with the New York Knicks. He was a, a not only a failure on the basketball side, there were massive scandals inside the organization related to the way he treated people. You know. His time in New York was a disaster. Yeah. 
So the Phoenix Suns are going to naturally ask him to come in and have a significant role in the front office that's already achieving at a very high level Um, that brought this Phoenix Suns organization to the NBA Finals. So to improve on that, you bring in Isaiah Thomas. I think this is incredibly damaging to the Phoenix Suns. And I do think the Suns are going to make moves. I just think this is really damaging to the Phoenix Suns to bring in a guy like Isaiah Thomas. And I think it damages the opportunity for Danny Ainge and the Jazz to make a a trade with the Suns. I look at this story that Danny is asking for two first-round picks for Jordan Clarkson. I'm with you. There is a, I was told yesterday by sources that there is a belief around the NBA that Ryan Smith does not want to trade. Uh, I, you know, Jordan Clarkson, he, he believes that they, they believe they can resign him in the summer. You know, I think that's a huge mistake. I think one of the things that I would say is re-signing Jordan isn't a mistake. The money it's going to take to re-sign Jordan Clarkson is the, the mistake in that mm-hmm. transaction. You need to trade Jordan. If he is going to resign here in the summer, you would still trade him. He has told you, hey, if there's an opportunity to get to an NBA championship contender, I'm all for it. You should trade him and get a first-round pick for him. And then if if he truly wants to be here, he'll resign with you in the summer. But it's foolish to take the risk and get nothing in return because chances are Jordan Clarkson's going to get between 22 and $24 million a year for a minimum of three years. That's money that you cannot spend if you're the Utah Jazz. Yeah. That is $72 million at a minimum that Jordan Clarkson's going to bring in free agency. Do you really want to commit $72 million to this version of Jordan Clarkson? Man, that's crazy. And the other thing I think you have to consider is that the bidding war is probably going to require a fourth year, probably an option year, that could bring that deal upwards of, and it's hard for me to even say it, upwards of $100 million over four years for Jordan Clarkson. (laughs) That's crazy money. Mm -hmm. $96 million. Nah, bro. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And and doesn't this have like all the, all the, the symbols of the classic small market, bad basketball deal. Isn't that what this kind of has shades of like, like I think about, you know, just just over the years, you know of the bad contracts. Like the Duncan Robinson contract is a great example. It's a bad of a, contract of a guy who got overpaid. You know, and and I know again on the show, I know over the course of the last two years, we've talked all about Gobert's contract and how that was a bad deal. But but what really is the difference between today's Utah Jazz organization and the prior incarnation if you give Jordan Clarkson that contract? Nothing. There is, there is no, there is no difference. And you know, one of the guys we were talking about yesterday, and I know you're not very good on the NBA. I mean, you, you don't, I well, mean, I'm, I'm just a casual, I'm a, I'm a hack on YouTube. So, you know, I, you know, and, and by the way, you know, our sources are trust me, bro. So, you know, yeah. it, it is what it is. We Who's get a it. cashier at Maverick. You right. Know? We get it. Um, but we even disagree on like Obi Toppin. We were taught, we were sitting there watching the Nick game last night and Obi Toppin just, I mean, essentially getting his cardio in. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you believe that Obi Toppin has value to this team. I do not. I believe that Obi Toppin is is right now a, a mediocre, as you said, getting his cardio in. Right? Like, it's true. That's what he's doing. But I also believe at the same time, Obi Toppin is a guy who's got a body that you can't teach. Right? He's I think he's 6'10". 
you know, really, he's a strong player. But at that size, he can really move. And what plagues NBA teams right now is guys who are 6'10 or 7 foot that really can't move. It's it's why Laurie is so good, right? Because Laurie's got athleticism. And why Yudoka Azabuki is not. Exactly. Precisely. And so I'm my point with Obi is very simple. Hey, yes, he's a project, 100%. He is a project. But if you're the team that can sign him on a really team-friendly contract, you know, whatever, whatever that would look like for his value, you know, if you can get a team-friendly deal done with Obi Toppin, to me... That could make sense because you've shown the ability now with David Fisdale and company to develop some of these guys. And I know a lot of it is want to. I know a lot of these guys, you know, if they all had the same want to and the same work ethic, they would all be all-stars. And I'm with that. And if Obi doesn't want to work on his game, great. Pass Bro, on He's him. a role player. Obi right Top- now, in, he's a in role my player. mind, Obi Toppin never scales to be one of your five best players. And I, I, listen, he's not old. He's 24 years old. He's 6'9". Shoots the corner three well. Is he a better player than a Jared Vanderbilt? Probably. Does he scale to a better level than Jared Vanderbilt? Probably. But I just don't know what the win in that deal is. If you trade Obi Tobin, a lot of people have said that, you know, the the Knicks would like would like Beasley. Okay, so you get Malik Beasley. They send you Obi Toppin in return. Is that a win? No, I wouldn't do that deal. Okay, Jared Vanderbilt then. If you send them Jared Vanderbilt and you get Obi Toppin in return. Yes, I would do that deal. You would? Yes, 100%. Wow. 100%. Because, because, Why? I know, I, okay. because I know that Obi's a better shooter already. Right now, today, than Jared Vanderbilt is. I know that Obi I agree Toppin. With that. And, and the thing is, again, I, I don't want people to get confused on this. Because this is one of those that people are going to say a week from now, oh, you said Obi's a great player. No, I'm not saying he's a great player. But what I'm saying is that he's got a body that Jared Vanderbilt does not have. He has strength that Jared Vanderbilt does not have. And and when you have those two things that you can't teach, really, if this guy could just develop even 36%, 35% yeah. from three, generally speaking, not just the corner, and then he could play serviceable defense, yeah, I would consider having him on my team for 15 to 20 minutes a night because then I can bring him in and spell, you know, any number of guys. Like, I could easily see bringing him in behind Walker Kessler and Obi Toppin being the guy that plays a bit of a physical game and picks up two or three fouls in his time each night. I just need like, Obi Toppin to shoot 35% from three. Yeah. And if he's going to play 20 minutes, get me six, eight rebounds and play some defense. That's he's a he is probably the the typical three and D guy. Mm-hmm. I I don't I'm not I'm just not a huge fan of that. Vando they're making similar money similar money. Vando's making four point six. Toppins due for six point eight next year. Let like, me ask you this about the and this is the other thing I know be for me as well. The Knicks, it's not like the Knicks are some savant at developing guys. No, not at all. You know, not and, at all. And not so at all. That's where that's where I say okay, is it Obi Toppin and he's just not good. Is is it is it Obi Toppin and he just doesn't have a willingness to work on his game? Well, maybe, but maybe also is it that he's in, in my opinion, one of the worst franchises in the league or one of the worst ownership yeah, groups but in the league? Well, th- that, there's no doubt about that. But this is a different Nick team. Leon Rose has, has oh God, I'm going to say it. I can't Uh-oh. believe I'm going to say it. Leon Rose has changed the culture in New York. With the Knicks, uh-huh. they believe that they're going to win. Facial recognition. And, and hey, look, idiots still the owner of the team. I totally understand that, <laughs> right? Like I, I totally get that. 
But I'm telling you, <laughs> there's a couple of things that that I, that interest me about the Knicks and, and the Jazz as we talk NBA trade deadline here on the Monty Show. One of the things that really interests me is the relationship between Danny Ainge and Leon Rose mm-hmm. and how frustrated people are that Leon didn't make the the Donnie trade. And he Leon should have made the, the Donovan Mitchell trade because I think when you look at a guy like Obi Toppin, he plays 12 to 15 minutes a night based on just looking at his, like this year he's averaging 15 minutes a night. Perfect. 6.6 points a game, shooting 36% from three. Okay, so off of the stats, right? Because I know I got a ton of stats guys in the comments. Stat guy. So if this guy's playing 15 minutes a night, if I could just get him to 10 points a night, how many rebounds does he have? Three and a half. 10 points and seven boards a night, and those 10 points come off of three threes and maybe a free throw? And by the way, if he's on this team instead of the Knicks right now, he's playing 20 minutes a night. I, yeah. I don't think there's there's any time. As bad of a rebounding team as this Jazz team is, Obi Toppin to be playing 20 minutes a night. Yes. No doubt about it. Yes. But all I'm saying is I don't see tremendous ups. You're not improving yourself. I don't know. Even uh, dramatically is the wrong word. But are you incrementally improving yourself if you swap Vanderbilt for Toppin? You are. I mean, you're a little better, right? But you're not markedly better. Yeah. Obi Toppin's not a, a way better player than Jared Vanderbilt is. I like him because he can hit the three. But Talon Horton Tucker can shoot the three, and that dude can't get on the floor. Yeah, that's true. That's that's also a factor. I mean, the Will Hardy factor is real. You know, and, it is. And and certainly, I'm not saying that. You know, again, I know we talked about Will Hardy a lot yesterday based on their performance, but but I think that Will Hardy, you know, definitely has a process and definitely has things that he wants to see out of players. And if he doesn't see him, he's not going to play you. And I think that's a dangerous game to play, especially when it you is. need to develop guys. All right, Football 50 coming up in two minutes. Uh, Cody Strickland, who's a member of the show. Cody Strickland. What's up, bud? Where you been, bro? How's the kid doing? Bro, bro. Cody Strickland just had a baby. Uh, well, he didn't actually – he doesn't have a birth canal. Like, Mrs. Cody Strickland. Um, the, um, um, anyway, yeah. uh, Cody says, you don't think Ryan has a say in JC? I believe he gave Danny the keys, and Danny said, I will drive this car, but you can't tell me how to drive it. I – I am told by multiple jazz sources that Ryan Smith has the final say and Ryan Smith, but this goes back to Joe Ingles. Yes. This goes back to Rudy Gobert. Yep. Ryan Smith, if he doesn't want to trade Jordan Clarkson, Jordan's not getting traded. And I think what Ryan Smith, at least from what I'm told by sources inside the jazz they put an extremely high asking price on Jordan because they don't want to trade him. Ryan Smith does not want to trade him. He is, that's Ryan's guy. And I get it. I totally understand it. Uh, Pudge MYC says, let's make the OB for Vanderbilt deal. Well, you're a Nick fan. I mean, Pudge, what do you think of, what do you think of OB? Uh, Timothy H says Pac-12 expansion coming up here in 10 minutes. We'll talk Pac-12 expansion. Pudge also says Danny plan was to tank. Lori went crazy and changed the entire plan. I think there's real truth in, in the fact that Lori allowed them to accelerate the timeline. hundred percent. I don't know that they again, were ever development, taken. Development, right? And again, we can't skip over it. I mean, it's no secret that Lori's been a much better player with Utah than he had been in his prior opportunities, you know? And to me, again, that's why I say, I, hear me clearly. I'm not saying that Obi is a great player. I'm just simply saying 
that I think there's developmental opportunity there to take a guy who's on a cheap-ass contract and turn yes. him into something serviceable off the bench that you can lean on because you're, you you should, again, theoretically, Jordan Clarkson shouldn't be on this team after the trade deadline. But with everything we've talked about today and what we've been telling you, there's a decent chance, based on what we're hearing, that he will be. Yep. Uh, James Knight says, Danny Ainge sucked the culture out of this franchise by trading a generational superstar. Well, I think I think it was I'm not going to say it was a mistake to trade Don, but it's certainly you're not wrong. That changed that changed this team. Blue says Jazz are going to get Westbrook. I that trade I I would not be surprised if that trade happens. He'll never wear a Jazz uniform though. Yeah. That'll never happen. Um to Negra Hermoso Road. Okay. Lakers please trade everybody today. Day uh Davis Dressbrick Dalvin scam everybody. Who the f is that guy? Are you already calling Darvin Ham Delvin scam? Is that what that is a reference Bro, it's to? It's not even been a full season and you're already rolling out with Dalvin scam. Is that already happening? Sorry, I thought you said Russell Dressbrick. Come on, dude. Wow. Come on now. Come that's, on. That's impressive. That is impressive. It is not impressive as football at 50, 10 in the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Love my guys at Papa Murphy's. I don't know if you guys know this, but every Papa Murphy's is a small business. Yeah. These guys are local business owners grinding for theirs and making unbelievable marinara meatballs, baby. Like, I'm telling you... The all-Italian beef marinara meatball at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Okay. Uh, make sure you get it in the Papa Murphy's app. I just, like, did the kitten. Anyway, the point is, yeah. it's not a pop. It's a, you're, you're so not Italian. Uh, anyway, the point is, make sure you get the marinara meatball at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Aaron Rodgers is not normal. Uh-huh. So you know that yesterday was Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. God. On the on PMS. PMS. On PMS. The Pat McAfee show. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yes. Aaron Rodgers, um, Aaron appears on the Pat McAfee show every Tuesday unless he's in a four-day dark retreat. Yeah, it's a real thing, 100%. And that's why I think it's going to be important um, to get through this week and then, uh, you know, to, uh, uh, to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat and just to be able to contemplate all things, uh, my future and then, uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is, is best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness and then, uh, and then move forward. What's isolation retreat? We're just going into a cave. Are you not going to talk? You're not going to speak one of those things? Yeah. Is it just you in Ooh. there? And if you're just in there alone, do you know how many days you're in there? Are you taking an iPad, a book? Are we able to reach you? What? Is there good it's, uh, it's four nights of uh, complete uh, darkness. What? You going to Alaska? Not Alaska. No, I've been to Alaska. That's a beautiful state. <laughs> Dude, Bro. what the? F who is? Bro. Dude. Okay, listen. I know we're all namasteing this morning, I'm sure. Bro. I'm sorry, did you say four days of complete darkness? Isn't that like the, the like the dark night? Isn't that like like uh, is Bane? Are you hanging out with Bane and he taking you I into was the hole? I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing? 
I need, listen, listen, bros. This show is really, I love this show. I love doing the show with Jake and the team's great, but I need four days of total darkness to understand how it impacts my rectum and if I want to keep doing this show. What? You need four days of darkness. Bro, Buddy's ayahuasca stash in this alleged cave that he's going to must be huge. No, 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 no. Oh, here's the best part. Did you, you... He said he's not going to use ayahuasca uh, this time I'm around. Sure, Aaron. No, I'm I don't sure. need. Listen, Olivia Munn was the ayahuasca hoe, and and she out the picture now. I'm just going into the dark. <laughs> I wasn't merely born in the dark. I I'm not sure what the line is, but I'm going in the dark, bro. And when I come out, I'm going to have a uniform on, and that's the team I'm playing for, bro. You, re- you flat out tripping. You need full and no phone, no iPad, no books, no sex, no nothing. Just you and water in total darkness for four days. No flashlight. Like I, a flashlight? No, he's not bringing a flashlight I there. Said flash, not flash. Oh, dude. I'm sorry. I, can you enunciate better? The point is, yeah. are you serious with this dude? Four days in total darkness. Like, what are we doing? What are, what are we doing? I, I don't know. And, and frankly, you know, it's funny to me that it's four days. So you need, why, why not a week? What, what, what? No, no, no. Why not three days? Does three days end you up on the Chicago Bears and that fourth day is going to get you to, I don't know, the Jets? The 49ers? Does, wait, are you worried that the sixth day, the sixth day is going to put you on like, I don't know, what? Who's the worst team in the NFL? Like are, the Texans. Are, are you are you gonna wind up on the Texans? What the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, only if you're in the light, in the dark. The seventh day is where you you end up <laughs> playing for the Jehovah Witness. Like what what is the four days in total darkness, dude? He's dude. He's, he's crazy. He's out his mind, dude. Do you got and and here's the thing. I'd like to send my thoughts and prayers to Green Bay on their <laughs> hostage negotiation because that's what this is. That's what this is. Do you understand that Aaron Rodgers saying, hey, bro, four days in the dark, bitches. See you later. I love how I love how everyone hates on LeBron for his arrogance, but this guy's got the arrogance to be like, yeah, well, I need to get off the grid. I need to go into darkness. No iPads, no ayahuasca, no Olivia Munn, no, you know, whatever. Like, it's amazing to me that we don't hate on this guy for his arrogance, but we hate on LeBron. <laughs> Exactly, McKinley Cutler. He's going into a cage for four days, and when he decides the Jets, there's going to be plumes of smoke. Yes. Right? Like, and you're going to see a portrait of, of Robert Sala or something in the smoke. Yes. This is so weird to me. Like, but again, thoughts and prayers to the Green Bay Packers because they're in a hostage negotiation right now. This guy is holding... Bro, your franchise is being held hostage by the dark. This guy is going to make a decision on, do I want to play? Hey, asshole. It's $40 million. You're not walking away from that. Yeah. You're coming out and you're going to play. Why not just say, you know what? I'm I'm going to embrace my inner Cal Berkeley, and I'm going to smoke a bunch of doobage, and then I'm going to come back and collect my $40 million check. This guy, whatever. I... 
you it's know. annoying as hell. Jeremy Bolton, the mayor of Monty Town, says, I had this terrible nightmare and woke up thinking Teddy Wayman shaved his beard. Glad it's not I true. Mean, right? Right? Incredible. Teddy Wayman shaved his beard. I, I am kidding. Uh, James Knight says, were they passing around the Mexican spinach in this interview? <laughs> <laughs> That's am- it's so. amazing. Yeah. It's absolutely amazing what Aaron Rodgers is doing to the Green Bay Packers. Now, Aaron Rodgers is 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 no marinara meatball. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara? And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with savory ground beef covered in tangy tangy marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. PapaMurphy's.com. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. And again, I would tell you, download the Papa Murphy's mobile app. It's super easy to use. You can order it right now and say, okay, I want to pick it up at noon for lunch. I want to pick it up at five for dinner. I want to pick it up at three for dinner, right? Like you want dinner? Okay, cool. Anytime you want to pick it up, order it when you want. Put the time in there. It'll be sitting on the to-go rack. Do it. Here's your order. Traditional crust, barbecue sauce. Dump your toppings on top of that. Marinara meatball. Take and bake chocolate chip cookies. Boom. You're good boom. to go. Bada You're going to be a hero bean. in the hissy tonight because you went to Papa Murphy's Pizza. PapaMurphy'sPizza.com or download the app. Jeff Johnson says, do you, ta- do you take on Rogers in San Francisco or nah, bro? I mean, I would. Um, now that Tommy's not available. By the way, did you guys hear that Derek Carr is meeting with the uh, New Orleans Saints today? But uh-huh. let's be real clear about something. If you're Derek Carr... Why would you sign a contract before February 15th? Yeah. Which is the date that the Raiders have to cut him or guarantee his contract for the next two seasons. Yeah. And if I'm Derek Carr, I'm not doing that. I there, there is no way, shape, or form in my mind, if you're Derek Carr, that you can you can allow yourself to be traded here. Yeah. You have to allow yourself to 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 be cut. Yep. Why would you want anything else? I mean, He's owed $32.9 million in 2023, Derek Carr is. $7.5 million in 24. Bro, that's $40.4 million that's guaranteed if they don't cut you before February 15th. Yes. You're not, you're not orchestrating a trade. You want to be a free agent. Or they're going to pay you that money to trade you. Because Derek Carr's not playing for the Raiders anymore. Yeah. It makes no sense that Derek Carr would go to New Orleans and orchestrate a trade. There's just, there's no way. I, I don't see that happening. Yeah. I, I truly don't. Uh, Blue says, uh, Rodgers is going to the Raiders. Why would you take, why would you go to the Raiders over the Niners? Yeah. I And and again, I could be wrong. Everybody says he's going to the Jets. I don't know. I look at the Raiders and the Niners, and I also look at a team like the Jets. If you're Aaron Rodgers at this point, you have to go somewhere where you're going to win a championship. So is that Tampa? Maybe. Is that the 49ers? Absolutely. If you're gonna if you want to win a championship, and I know he never talks about it. He only talks about winning MVPs and individual awards. Right. But at some point, somewhere in his ayahuasca journey in that dark cave, right. you have to believe that Aaron Rodgers wants to win a championship. 
That's the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. And without a doubt. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't just go to the best team available to you. And, yeah. And right now, I agree. That's the 49ers. Like, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, Mad Cat says the only player to decide his playing career after being in a cave. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is real life, you guys. Like, he's going into a... He's, he's at the Super Bowl this week. And then next week, he'll be in a cave for four days and four nights in total darkness. So he can decide if he wants to make $40 million next year. Imagine being in a position in life where... <laughs> what? Where... You can just turn everything off and go and go into a cave. And that's probably your your basement in the middle of nowhere. And I love that Pat McAfee was like, What? Yeah, dude. It's what? it's yeah, it's a joke. Dude. Let me play the video again. If you guys are just tuning in here on the Monty show, we're talking about we're talking about our guy. Really, it's your guy. Right. Because he ain't my guy. Right. We're talking about Jake's favorite player, Aaron Rodgers, telling PMS in AZ, Pat McAfee's show in Arizona, that he's going into total darkness for four days to contemplate his future as a football player. Yeah, it's a real thing, 100%. And that's why I think it's going to be important um, to get through this week and then, uh, you know, to, uh, to, uh, to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat and just to be able to contemplate all things uh, my future and then uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is is best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness and then uh, and then move forward what's isolation retreat we're just going into a cave are you not going to talk you're not going to speak one of those things yeah is it just you in there Ooh. and if you're just in there alone do you know how many days you're in there are you taking an iPad a book are we able to reach you what? Is there good it's, uh, it's four nights of uh, complete uh, darkness what you go to Alaska not Alaska, no. I've been to Alaska. That's a beautiful state. Where is A.A. Ron right now? What the hell are you like, what talking about? What is this guy about? talking about, dude? Yeah, what? Are you, what? I mean, this is... You, you've got to be kidding. You, you've got to be, you got feel to be me? kidding me. He of... Uh, uh, he's a, are you serious with this, bro? Get out of here. Like, there's no way that this homie is turning away from this money, man. There's just... Your his yearly money is this year. His money is fifty nine point five million dollars. His dead cap is ninety nine million dollars. Catch me outside. How about that, dude? I thought you said his dead cap it his was ninety nine million dollars. His, his, his dead cap is ninety nine million dollars. I am your father, bro. Like how? <laughs> how, dude? Imagine, oh my imagine God. leveraging an organization that's owned by the people like Green Bay is he for 99. A, you guys, he gets a signing bonus this year of $58.3 million. But listen, listen, listen. I went into this cave and this little beetle walked up and bit me on the D. <laughs> I can't play football anymore. I'm going to retire. If you felt these balls. No, you're not going to retire, you dick. You are not walking away from $58 million in a signing bonus. Dude. What are we doing? Like, do you, you got, do you... bro. I um, see you here in Rogers. I know what you're doing. Um, like, this is who this dude is. Kind of out of here with that. He's got a 50. Yeah, I thought you said they owe him $59 million this He's coming year. He's got a 
$568 million dead cap number. You're Final. not cutting him. Back and is he, broken. He's not walking away from 59 million bucks. I broke my back. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I hate LeBron James. I love Aaron Rodgers. You've thrown our budget a little out of whack. <laughs> You guys, I just got have it. this image in my oh head. Oh my god! I have this image in my head of Aaron A. Raj, you know, AR twelve, <laughs> you know, um, you know, appearing from the darkness of the cave. Why do you have to go smoke, into total darkness with smoke? Uh, uh, you know, walking through smoke in the light in his in his <laughs> Birkenstocks and you know his yoga pants and a t-shirt, and he looks a little tired, and he walks out and he says. Praise the Lord, I'm taking the money. Like, come on, dude. We know what you're going to do. I will bet anybody a toe because I can get a toe. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> I don't know what I would bet. You can't tell me this dude is retiring. There's just, there's no way. Yeah, Jeff, the darkness will speak to him. Yeah. There is there is just no way. And how is somebody calling me from New York City right now? Um, there is there is just no Wait, way. Are we going to get another spam call here? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Maybe. Um, hello. This call is to authorize a payment of $999. We would like to inform what are you, you Aaron Rodgers? order placed for Apple iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> if you do not authorize this order, press one or press two to authorize this order. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? What are we doing? Oh my god, dude. Anyway. Oh, okay. Man, Aaron Rodgers burner. Aaron Rodgers calling me, man. I Damn. get so many calls like that. This is Amazon. The Amazon, they the Amazon doesn't call you, right? No. Amazon does not call you. And you like how it's for an iPhone order from Amazon? Yeah. Cuz Amazon would be selling iPhones. Anyway, Good morning, everybody. The Monty Show is presented by our good friends at The Advocates, theadvocates.com. Uh, the best injury attorneys in the business, I tell you every day, go check it out. And <clears throat> trust me, there's two things I, I talk about a lot when I talk about accidents and injuries. One, if you're sitting here contemplating to yourself, man, do I need a lawyer? Yes, the answer is yes. Anytime you say to your, do I need a lawyer? The answer is yes, no doubt about it. Yes, yes, yes. Number two, please don't trust your insurance company. When you get into a car accident, if somebody swerves into your lane, Jake almost got us killed yesterday because he's not allowed to drive, but he drives his Subi. <coughs> and so we're driving a Subi and there's this dude in this Hyundai who's just driving like an idiot over here on 35th South is going crazy. Hey man, if you get in an accident, please do not trust your insurance company Yeah, because they're not working for you. They're working for their shareholders. The advocates know how to get what you deserve when you've been in an accident. You didn't deserve to have somebody that was driving distracted on their phone hit you. You didn't deserve to have a guy that was eating that BK big fish sandwich hit you because he was driving distracted. No friends. What you deserve is somebody to fight for you, to make sure that you get back to the best version of yourself. That's why you hire an advocate from the advocates, theadvocates.com. Chat with an attorney live online 24 seven right now at theadvocates.com where you never pay a consultation fee, Best. you never pay a retainer, you don't pay the advocates until you win your case at theadvocates.com. All right, let's get into this Big 12, Pac-12, SMU discussion because again, 
Did your arm? Did you warm your arm up before the show? I should have loosened <clears throat> my shoulder joint. Yeah. Thus, I would be able to pat myself on the back. Hey, you start talking shit. And I listen. I understand <laughs> that Pac-12 people are like SMU is not a fit for our conference. They're no BYU. There is no question. We were telling you back in July that SMU and San Diego State were the two leading contenders to join the Pac-12. It's on the channel. Go find it. People were, I mean, all of the Utah fans came out of the woodwork and told us how dumb we are. You know. Your mom, your cousin. SMU is a small fan base. Hell no. Well, where are you today on the news that George Klyovkov is flying to Dallas today? To meet with SMU. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, I mean, listen, man, dude. Uh, uh, listen, trust me, bro. Told us back over the summer, SMU was one of the Pac-12's top targets. And he's been really reliable. Trust I, hey, me, bro, has been a hell of a source. Trust me, bro, has been amazing. <laughs> um, but our sources in the TV industry told us. And, and how long have we had the conversation? about the Pac-12 not being able to sign a TV deal until they expand. Mm -hmm. We have told you this for months. We have been roundly criticized for this by Bob Thompson, the former Fox executive, but everybody has said that we don't know what we're talking about, that you sign a TV deal, then you go and expand. And then last week when we told you, hey, Pac-12's maxed out 25 million bucks per school per year, $250 million. That's all they're going to get because they have zero representation from Palo Alto, the Bay Area, south to the Tijuana border. Uh-oh. So they have no way to drive value. Right. So they need to expand. So what are they doing? They are trying to expand. They will not, sources tell me, do a TV deal until they have had constructive conversations with SMU and San Diego State. Hey, guys. And now we find out who Brett Yormark is. Mm -hmm. Because I think when you look at this situation with the with the Pac-12 and you look at this, this, this whole thing, if you will, San Diego State, in my opinion, is the end-all, be-all for survival if you are the Pac-12. You have to have San Diego State. I think. I don't know. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that if you're the Pac, like, you you have to have... You, you have to, because, it, again, it's just it's a geography conversation. I mean, you can't have a conference on the West Coast that doesn't have any representation south of the Bay Area. That's not, that's not going to work. And, again, we've had this conversation about, you know, these different sponsors and how they look at advertising and where they'd want to spend their money. So, you know, the example we always use is like Toyota, just as an example. Toyota wants to sell cars in Southern California, right? They, 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 that's what they do. They're Toyota. So that with, with that being their goal, they don't care what the label on the football conference is as long as you have people on the couch watching TV in Southern California who they can market to. So, frankly, it doesn't bother them that – SC and UCLA have gone to the Big Ten, and now it's going to be Big Ten after dark. They're just going to advertise with the Big Ten. They're not going to advertise with the Pack, right? They don't care, you know. You know, like Jay Hill said, they don't care if if 
you know, your your fan base and your alumni is in the Bay Area. If you're Utah, they don't give a Chris damn. Chris Hill, yeah. Chris Hill, I said Jay Hill. Chris Hill, you know, they, they like Toyota and companies on that level don't care where you think your fan base is. That's right. They care where their TV viewership actually is. And I know that sounds like kind of a, a rudimentary concept or some sort of caveman concept, you know? Caveman but, concept. Yeah, look, Aaron Rodgers, it's a caveman concept, right? Like, but the reality is they want to be on TV in Southern California. So, the idea that someone would say, well, it's insane that the pack would want to add San Diego State. What do you mean? Yeah, They've got to have a school there. And if you look at what this means for Amazon and ESPN, I think it does mean more money. I think if you were to add SMU that gives you Dallas-Fort Worth, and if you were able to add, like think about being Ford trucks. Think about the budget yes. of Ford trucks. If you're the Big 12 right now, you pretty much exclusively own Dallas. I mean, you you exclusively own Dallas Fort Worth. You you pretty much exclusively own Houston. You are I, I mean, it, it's almost undeniable right now that the state of Texas is pretty much all Big 12. So if you're Ford Trucks, you're going to you're going to advertise with ESPN, you're going to advertise with Fox. Because that's where you're going to get the biggest Big 12 games. Facts. And you think about Big 12 basketball. If, if you're Ford Trucks and you're trying to advertise to your, your fan base in your market and you want college basketball, are you going to the Pac-12 or are you going to go to the Big 12? Y'all feel me? You're going to the Big 12 because you have Texas, Oklahoma. Like you have the, 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 the blue-collar working man town is in the Big 12. If you're Toyota and you, you know that you have a very different marketplace, and you're in Southern California, are you trying to, to spend your money with the Big Ten or the Pac-10? Pac well, if they don't add San Diego State, there's no option to spend money with the Pac-10. You are going to spend your money with the Big Ten because they've got USC and UCLA. And that's the market that I need. I'm going to broadcast on USC and UCLA games in the Big Ten. Yeah. This isn't rocket science. It's it's actually common sense, which is why it's shocking to me that George Klyovkov has been trying to negotiate a TV deal without Southern California, without Central California. <coughs> it, it's mind-numbing to me right. that you are trying to sell Amazon and ESPN on the Pacific Northwest because that's essentially your footprint at this point. You are mountain region up to the Pacific Northwest, and you've got Arizona. That's what you're selling. And the struggle is that Colorado, that Utah, that you think of any of these other schools, that Washington State, that Oregon State, those are not going to bring you 30, 40, 50 million dollar a year per school numbers. Yeah. You're not getting 500 million dollars. That's not going to happen. But if you add San Diego State and you add SMU, my guess is you can probably surpass or at least be equal to what the Big 12 got in their TV deal. Mm -hmm. And I know that we have beat this topic into the ground, but I'm going to ask the obvious question. What took you so long, George Klyovkov, to get your ass to Dallas and meet with SMU? What took so long? Have, where are you at with San Diego State? Because I, what, I, what I've heard from TV industry sources is, is that San Diego State has been noncommittal to both the Big 12 and the Pac-12. And I think San Diego State is very wisely trying to leverage the Pac-12 to walk in as a full share member. 
That is what San Diego State is asking for. And I don't know that George Klyovkov has the balls to pull that off. Because frankly, this conference is all about Oregon and Washington. And my guess is Oregon and Washington want a much larger slice of the pie. And they're not willing to give little old Snapdragon Stadium any of their money. So now you're going to wind up leveraging Washington State and Oregon State and Utah and Colorado and the Arizona schools. But now I got news for you. The Arizona schools have leverage over the conference. Yeah. Because Arizona, who is your premier basketball program, has options. They can go and do whatever they want to do. And I think ASU, who I don't believe wants to leave the Pac-12. I think Arizona State wants to be in the Pac-12. But Arizona State has options as well. I can't believe that San Diego State is going to join the the Pac-12 unless they become a full share member. I think it will be a very interesting conversation. They're either going to get full share member right out of the gate or their revenue sharing is going to be much less. Mm -hmm. Because if you're San Diego State, why would you agree to come in at a quarter of what everybody else is getting? Well, you wouldn't do that. Right. SMU needs a major conference. They need the Pac-12. They need the Big 12. San Diego State doesn't need either one of them because they've got the other. It, 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 to me, is why the Pac-12 has struggled to do business. Yeah. And I, and I think they will, con- they will continue to struggle to do business, in my opinion, because if we're telling the truth here, San Diego State and SMU are good gets for the Pac-12. They are not great gets. They are not, they are not oh my God, we did it. That's not what this is. You're just trying to become equal with the Big 12. You are currently chasing the Big 12. Yeah, which I think, is I think that's the reality of the situation. Yeah, and I, and I think that you know that it's <clears throat> and I feel like we're seeing this in a couple of places, but it's no longer good enough just to show up. It's no longer good enough just to assume that you can do business the way you've always done it because that's how you've always done it. Like that's just not going to get the ball across the line, if you will. And I and I think that. It's just funny to see, once again, how all this is playing out. Because, yeah, you're right. We have been talking about, you know, San Diego State and SMU going all the way back to August or July or whatever, last summer. Like, And, again, it's not like this is a YouTube channel, not a radio show. You can yeah. go and find it on our YouTube channel, us talking about it. So it's not in question that we've spoken on it and been talking about it. And I think that that – that I don't know if maybe this is like a light bulb moment for George Klyovkov or like what's happened or if maybe he's somehow felt some desperation here. But it is, it is, you know, it's a bit comical. It's a bit funny to me that now we're getting you it going out to 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 Texas. Now we're now we're starting to see, oh wow, wow, I better start having some conversations with these schools because we're not gonna have a TV deal unless we add these schools. And we only have, you know, six months or so to get this ironed out and to get ink to paper and to get it handled. And while six months may seem like a long time, it's really not a long time at all. That's you know a uh uh, a second in college football time because of all the stuff you have to put together to get a deal done. So to me, I just I just can't believe that it's taken this long to realize this. Because again, I, I have no problem saying I'm not some TV industry expert. I'm not the commissioner of the Pac-12. I'm not the guy who's having all these conversations and is perfectly plugged in and has every bit of information that I'm sure George has. But even with that being the case, it's pretty obvious what you have to do to get a TV deal done here. And it's pretty obvious your TV deal isn't going to stack up to what everyone else's TV deal is, 
even if you add these two schools. So that's what I'm saying. This isn't some convenient conversation for them. They need to go and do this. No, I don't think it's convenient at all. I think it's ugly is what it is. All right, let's get your comments in here. Kurt Meyer says, we told you so, Shogram. Damn right it is. Damn right it is. Absolutely. Brandon uh, Butler, a member of the program, let the boys take a victory lap. Hey, man, I have no problem taking victory laps. I, I, in fact, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who said, if you're not taking victory laps, you're doing it wrong. You either don't have them to take or you're missing an opportunity. And I, I think that's exactly right. Um, you know. Jeremy Severe says, Georgie Boy will present his number on the back of an envelope to SMU and San Diego State and screw it up. Yep. But that's the guy we're talking about. Do you guys have belief that George Klyovkov is the guy to lead the Pac-10 out of this abyss? I don't know if he can or cannot. He will. But I don't know that he'll do it well. I've lost a lot of confidence in him because he's a guy that's an operator and should have done a better job for this conference than he's done. And I just don't know what's taken so long. Yeah. Why have you not realized sooner that expansion is the only option? It's the only option. Signing a TV deal first is a mistake. And if we learned anything from the, the Big 12 TV deal, it's that your TV partners are not willing to pay for just anybody to join your conference. Yeah. So the other thing that I, I, I've heard several times is if they expand, it'll be hand-in-hand hand with their TV partners. So you have this cart before the horse thing that just is so awkward for them. Yeah, well, it's only awkward because they're making it awkward, though. That's the thing. That like yeah. That's the, the difference. Like you, There is no awkwardness with the SEC or the Big 12 or really the ACC because— They've handled business like the because their quality adding. of conference is yeah. not in question. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like it kind of feels like, you know, the pack is just trying to survive here. And and it, and I believe that's true. I believe that that like in, and I know we're getting some comments like, hey, even if they do add these schools, it doesn't drive the price up significantly. No, that's right. That's correct. That's absolutely correct that you're not going to get up to 50 or 60 or some ridiculous number per year. You're just doing, this is a play to survive. I'm telling you guys, you got to get this done and then prove your value so you can renegotiate the next time around and say, hey, yeah, we went through some change, but we can still bring you value. You know, give us 40 a year. Give us 50 a year. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to watch, certainly. I, I don't think this is any savior. I really don't. Uh, San Diego State, good morning to you. Welcome uh, right on time. You know, uh, Kurt Meyer says, what the hell? The pack is, it has a non-religion conference. They hate money. I guess. I guess. SMU's, they're, they're the Methodists. In them, God's name, them, image, and likeness. Them damn Methodists. And uh, again, Eric says, SMU and San Diego State isn't going to drive on, uh, an offer up another $50 million a year. No, it's not. No, it's not. Like that, that to me is crazy. Uh, Mapes, good morning, says, hopefully SMU demands the same as San Diego State. Gorgeous George has no leverage. Facts. We'll see. Uh, Madcat says, will Klyovkov pull the trigger on San Diego State? Oh, I think he would have already if he could have. I mean, that that to me, I mean, yeah. that makes all the sense in the world. Brandon Butler says, Oregon and Washington are never going to allow a full share to San Diego State. Then I don't know why San Diego State would move. Why would you do that? Well, I think that, you know, for San Diego State, I do think that getting into a P5, you know, really – can help you in a lot of different ways, not just on a football field. But I think that the problem is, and I don't know the exact number that they get now, but I'm pretty sure it's like in the teens or whatever for their distribution, you know, getting up to, you know, getting up to a 
even 20 a year would be an improvement for that. Yeah, I mean, you know? you're doubling your money essentially yeah. from the from the mountain. But I, what yeah. I think is interesting is what Tim Bruckmiller said. The Cal system won't let San Diego State join the Big 12. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I think we, what we learned from the Board of Regents is money talks and George's BS walks, right? I mean, mm-hmm. back of the envelope be damned. They let UCLA walk. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Certainly, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I think it's really interesting that San Diego State now has become the savior of the Pac-12. <laughs> I it's crazy. Well, it's the only it's path crazy. forward. See, that's the other problem. It's the only path forward for the Pac. It's not like you've got like three or four routes here. You've got one route because again, this is a geography conversation. This isn't a caliber of football caliber of education like yeah those are factors but the reality is you're not looking to add new york university or boston university well fresno state fresno this state. is this you're is, not looking to add them if you look at smu versus fresno state the obvious is you want dallas you want uh, you want that metroplex area for advertisers and again i think people keep keep trying to talk about well research institution Dude, this is a money play. Yeah. Plain and simple. You, you're looking at a situation where you're bringing in SMU because of where they're geographically located. You're bringing in San Diego State because where they're geographically located. And I think it helps Cal a lot. It helps Stanford a lot for travel partners. And because, again, I think you need to add teams that don't cost you a ton of money. Yeah. This is the West Virginia and the Big 12 conversation. You need to add teams that don't cost you a ton of money. This is why it makes a lot of sense to add Oregon and Washington to the Big 10. Because you've got this Western enclave of USC and UCLA now. You need to find some dance partners for them. And that's why I think it makes a lot of sense for Oregon and Washington to get to the Big 10. Hasn't happened. Probably won't anytime soon. Yeah. But San Diego State absolutely brings some stability to the to the Pac-10, in my opinion. I, I think it, it makes a big difference. Uh, Tyler P. says, you can only take a victory lap when you've had a victory. Well, we've had several in the last couple of weeks, thankfully. Yeah. So, and maybe we'll get more tomorrow. Who knows? I'm telling you, if they trade Jordan Clarkson for a first-round pick, we'll probably take a victory <laughs> lap on that. Yeah. But it ain't rocket science that they're going to trade Malik Beasley and Jordan Clarkson. Yeah. Or um, Mike Conley. Yeah. You trade Jordan Clarkson for a first-round pick because, again, we're the only ones that reported they have a first-round pick sitting on the table for Jordan Clarkson. So we'll see where they go on that. Uh, Mapes says, uh, hopefully SMU demands the same. I think I read that one already. Fat Jesus, Kleavkak has been in a darkness retreat for nine months looking for clarity on expansion. <laughs> maybe and he came out wearing an SMU mask. Maybe he should drink some ayahuasca and then he'd operate a little you better. Know, how does you how do you get away with using drugs in the off season if you're yeah. dude, I remember when I had my first beer. That is cute. Uh five one three Bearcat says SMU needs to demand equal pay from the Pac twelve or else. Well there's some people who who I don't disagree, dude. You have the leverage. The pack doesn't have the leverage here. Well, as you hit the like button here on the Monty Show. The Monty Show. Um, contemplate this while you hit the like button. Who's got leverage in these situations? Because if George Kleovcock is ringing my phone mm-hmm. and saying, hey, it's Kleovcock. I uh, need some help here. 
Hey, guys. I'm asking for the moon. I'm asking for the moon. Here on Flat Earth, I'm asking for the moon. <laughs> right? Like, I am all in on, hey, got to make me a full share member. I want it. We've got Snapdragon Stadium full share member. And if he says no, I'm like, all right, cool. I'm good where I'm at. Thanks. Yep. Because it's a pain in the ass to move conferences, frankly. I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. Scheduling alone, it's a lot of work. I I want a full share if I'm San Diego State. Because yeah. the, that's the only path to survivability. Yep. In my opinion. I'd be I'd be on that in my mind. H E Penny Packer. What's up? Pack knows how to spend money, not make money. Well, wow. that's very true. Excellent point. Uh, no doubt about that. Um, James Knight says merch update. Just waiting on Amazon, bro. Uh, Quite literally. Tucker Brady says, still don't understand why the youth seem to want to stick around on this sinking ship. The signs are there. The pack, insert a number here, is dying. Why go down <laughs> with them? <laughs> but, but you're not wrong. And what I think is so interesting is I think it's pride, man. I think it's the unwillingness to say, well, you know, the Pac-12 was, was not what we thought it was going to be. We're going to move on. Because if you saw right now today said, yeah, I'd like to, hey, hey, uh, Mr. Yormark, um, it's Kyle Whittingham. I'd like to join your conference. Um, Yormark would say, well, you know, I need to talk to your AD because he said you're not leaving. Right? If, but if you... So you what you want me to say to that? Anyway, if Utah called the Big 12 and said, hey, we're in, they would shoot a fax over today. Yeah. Like, Utah is a valuable program. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says there's no saving the Pac-10. Nah. Uh, because Utah isn't wanted by either the P2 conferences, the SEC, or the Big 29,484. <laughs> well, you're not wrong about that. I know you're not wrong about that. Pollyann, what's up, Pollyann, in the Bay Area? Says, I know I am early, but happy birthday early. Well, thank you. My birthday is February 19th in 11 days. Yeah, I know what time it is. In 11 days. Yes. Super stoked. We leave for Tahoe on Friday. Yes. We will be off next Wednesday for a travel day. Cannot wait. Polly, good to see you. 801 West Valley, uh, going to let research be their demise. Could dude, be. Dude, and I'm so tired of this. So tired. Dude, I'm tired of... We're a research institution. Okay, I get it. You're good at researching stuff. I understand. You have a strong educational situation. I'm with it. I get it. I'm down. But what good is the educational portion if you don't have revenue? That's what I'm trying to understand. Yeah, and the thing that I don't understand is how you don't have a Yoder smoker, which was named the best barbecue equipment by People Magazine. You can, yes, get, yes, yes. You can get that at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Logan Layton Lehigh, the cheesy. Salt Lake City and Murray on State Street. Um, yeah, how about that? Yoder named the best pellet smoker. I believe it was by People Magazine. Mm -hmm. Barbecue Pit Stop because they carry the best barbecue equipment. Of course, they have a full selection of Yoder smokers. Of course, they have... My personal favorite, which, as we know, of course, is the Ironwood 885. They have a full line of Traeger smokers at, at Barbecue Pit Stop. But again, what did I have for lunch yesterday? Went to Harmon's, got all drums, because on this show, you know that as men with hair on our chests, which means you're out, 
Uh, but, well, you're actually a hair. Don't play intramurals, brother. This, this dude's got more hair than your shower drain. Anyway, Thanks. the point is, um, as men, we went to uh, Harmon's and got drums, had some ranch dressing, had some drumettes with asado seasoning on it, threw them down on the Traeger, had the best wings ever. I'm telling you, man, it ain't rocket science. Yeah. When you go to barbecue pit stop, you're getting the best equipment. You're getting the best guys because they're all of their staff are experts, they love the smoking game, and they can answer questions like, hey, can I do asada wings? How long do I need to let the seasoning sit on the wing before I make it? <laughs> Is that important? Hey, uh, how long do I need to let my brisket rest before I slice it? Yes. All those little questions, and everybody's like, oh, smoking so smoking's not hard. Smoking's so hard. No, it's not. It's easy. Plug in the Traeger smoker, put the pellets in the hopper, and hit ignite. You are now a professional smoker. That's what I'm saying. It's super easy. And when you have the help of the experts at Barbecue Pit Stop, you can't go wrong. BBQPitStop.com. And yes, we only do drums on this show. If you eat flats, hit the like button. But if you eat drums, hit the like button. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's all good. Uh, tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. Um, Robert Perez says, honestly, I'm disappointed that Fresno State was skipped over. Well, I, but I think that if you are the Pac-10, SMU brings you far more value, right? Because I think you're rubber stamping San Diego State, yes. like done. I think SMU brings you more value than Fresno State. Yeah. You know, it, it is what it is. Uh, Robert Perez says, throw lime on them wings with the asado seasoning. So good. By the way, if you remember, you would be getting videos of us smoking things, by the way. Just pointing that out. I mean, we've if put you were, if Yes, if you, are, if you are not a member of the program. The program. Um, it's quite easy to become a member of the program. Program. Um, because all you have to do is, it's $9.99 a month. Yes. Um, in our, I, I'm not even going to talk about the merch or the discounts or the contests or any of that. What you're getting is the Instagram chat group. Mm -hmm. It's not that you're getting access to Brant Keithy from Utah and Max Tooley from BYU on March 10th here at the Maverick Center. No, mm, never mind that. You, never I mean, mind that. You know, that doesn't even matter. What I mean. you're getting is a community of dudes that just is fantastic. Yes. Um, because all of our guys on the show, we we talk every day. Even though James Knight says we're never in the group, we're in the group every day. Better send those refunds. You know, so all you have to do is click the link uh, that I just dropped in the chat. You hit join. It's $9.99 a month. Cancel anytime. We'll put you into the Instagram group, but you get exclusive information first. So when we hear about the Pac-12 TV deal or when we hear about jazz trades, yes. we usually put those in our group, in our exclusive member groups first. And then we tweet them out or then we talk about them on the show. Click the link. Join the group. It's awesome. It Do is. It, it is. I, it. I enjoy it. All right. Uh, Terry. Terry Tenek. TT. If they're a research institution, they should research how bad the conference is. <laughs> I mean, you know, Terry, you, know, you make a great point. I mean, that seems pretty I straightforward. I, I love that. Kurt Meyer says Monty's winging it. it see, what see, see what he did there? So we're talking about wings, and he said we're winging it, we're, and it just kind of works it. together. We're winging it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, Jack Rumsey says Jordan Clarkson is everybody's favorite, though. He is. Yeah, well. We'll get back to the Utah Jazz coming up here at 8 o'clock on the program. Um, no doubt about that. Uh, Robert Perez says, any chance the pack goes beyond 12, perhaps 14 or 16? I don't see that now. I think in the future that could absolutely be. But the problem is this TV contract 
is hanging over their head like a, a thousand pound anvil. Yeah. I mean, you have got to find a way to get this done. Yes. You got to find a way to get this done. There is no doubt about that. Uh, brother says BBQ pit stop and join the member. Fade away, fade away shot. 100%. Okay. You know, see what he combined. Right. Barbecue pit stop and join the member on the program. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says Pac-12 should research Dax's girlfriend and Luca's mom. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, I mean, you know, like obviously. You know, you know. <laughs> Jeremy Bolton also says he'll be the commissioner. Tanner Plummer in this morning and says, yeah, is Dax still dating Zach's ex? I believe he is. Dax Milne is still dating his ex. Okay. I mean, it is so it is so interesting to me. Do you guys believe in is the word karma? Is what's happening in the Pac-12 right now karma? For because what? of the arrogance and the I I honestly think that BYU karma is coming back to get the Pac-12. Because all of this nonsense of BYU's not a fit. They're not a research institution. Uh -huh. They don't have any magnetrometers over Little there. brother. And I'm telling you, if you guys just had one microscope on campus, we could add you, but you hey don't. Guys. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of stupidity that we get when it comes to BYU joining the Pac-10. Yeah. There is no doubt now that you know that you made a mistake not adding BYU. But why won't you say that? Why is it that the Pac-12 and its members won't say, you know what, yep, we made a mistake excluding BYU from joining the conference? Why is that, why is that so hard to say? We did what we did. It's amazing that you won't just open up and say that. Well, I think it's what you are talking about before. It's a pride thing. I mean, the, the Pac has always been a conference that has been, sure. you know, and, and again, even before the USC... UCLA thing even happened even before that was even a uh, on the radar even before that was even a conversation and we were just talking about the Pac-12 as it was currently constituted I mean the arrogance and the the nose flipping if you will and the the yeah. hey we're better than you and we're the conference of champions like you all know I mean you all are familiar with it I don't I mean I'm preaching to the choir here feels like but we yep. all are familiar with the arrogance of the pack and I think that yeah, I mean, if you want to call it karma, if you want to call it the universe, you know, slapping you in the face for being an idiot, like whatever you want to call it, yeah, it's coming back around. And I think that, you know, you cannot be somebody, whether we're talking about the pack or just in life, that's like, oh, well, yeah, I'd never, you know, I, I, I would never even look at that because that's its name or that's like, it just, it doesn't work it's that way. It's just so short-sighted. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just so short-sighted. I mean, to have no feel or no, you know, uh, presence about the fact that you're not the SEC and, and frankly, right now, you're not the Big 12. No, like, Jake, they're the Conference of Champions. And, and I love how when they say that, they're like, we have, we have, George Klyovkov gave a speech once, you can find it on YouTube, where he talks about that they're the conference of champions. And he goes on this thing about how, like quite literally, I think he was referencing canoeing and badminton and softball. And we have all these champions across all of our collegiate sports. And you know what rang true for me in that speech? Hey, that's cool. I love that. That's but awesome. Jake, they're champions of table tennis. By the way, did table tennis make you a bazillion dollars last year? The math Did, club has won back-to-back like, -back national collegiate mathematics equational 
quadratic championships. Look, I know you're the Salt Lake City checkmaters, but you didn't make a lot of money last year. And listen, the field hockey teams in the Pac-10, I mean, their record out of conference is unbelievable. And, 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 and this doesn't even begin to explain that pickleball is all about the Pac-10. We are the conference of pickles and balls. That's who we are. That feels like what this conference yes. is. Yes. And Bill Walton, oh, Bill Walton's a national treasure. I don't need Buddy on ESPN, you know, <laughs> riding in a boat on the the Tempe Canal, you know, shirtless, talking about Tempe the conference. Tempe Town like, Dude, come on, bro. Like, be better. This conference should be superior. And it's not. And it's, it, it's remarkable to me. Uh, Kurt Myers says you can't add white salamanders to the pack. Well, listen. The Salamander Derbies that I'll stop. It pisses Tanner Plummer well, off the whenever. Conference Wait, of... we can't we can't bring up white salamanders. Tanner's on the train okay, and he well, gets I upset. I wasn't going to bring up salamanders. I'm I not was... the one who brought it me, up here. Me, I was going to talk about iguanas. That's okay. different. That's not iguanas are not salamanders. Yeah, that's a different thing. It's a different thing. <laughs> uh, Tanner Plummer says, "Yeah, I believe karma is real." With that being said, BYU has been really arrogant themselves. Karma definitely came back around this past football season. Okay, Tanner, I love you, bro. Do you say anything nice about the teams you root for? Well, Real Salt Lake. Um, well, I mean, their field has nice grass. No, actually, it's got a bunch of crab grass. Don't be rude. Um, I mean, the Arena Football League's coming back. Um, like, Tanner, do you ever have anything good to say about your teams? Um... What's going to happen when the Eagles beat the Chiefs on Sunday in the Super Bowl? That's out of the window. You kidding me? Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, Pac, uh, because the Pac-12 is stupid, that's why. Well, Step it. Oh, look at that, Brent Burnett. I'm surprised you're not talking about Jordan Clarkson getting $80 million. Um, uh, Brent Burnett says, BYU was a real get, and the Pac had their chance too late. Facts. Facts. And why Monty fan, because they are an exclusive club, and BYU didn't fit their cookie-cutter admissions criteria. Kiss the ring, boys. Uh, yeah, I think that's not wow. far off. Wow. You know, uh, Steven Snook, Pack Leverage, potential media partner? No. San Diego State SMU? No. Current members? Maybe a little less than half. Yeah, I. that'll be, we'll see. I mean, you've got to add San Diego State. Yes. You have to. Yes. There's no doubt. I mean, uh, Tim Brockmiller says SMU stands for Southern Methodist University. This is a religious institution. Wait, are you sure that's what SMU stands for? Are you are you oh, get sure? Get the facts straight. Uh, it's a they're the I, the Methodists. In God's name, image, and likeness. It's it doesn't stand no. for Southern Massachusetts University. I or, thought it was you know, the Mennonites. Southern the Mennonites. Mennonites. Got it. Thank you. See, I didn't. Damn. Thank you. Thank know? you. No. Anyway, uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, "Don't." Didn't BYU reject the pack because they refused to play on Sundays? That's what they'll tell you. You know. 801 West Valley says, let me know if you need help scrapping off those pack, scraping off those Pac-12 stickers. Hey, man, can we get that billboard? This is Pac-10. It says 12. You guys got a Sharpie? We can just make a zero up there. This is, take place here. this is Pac-10 country, the home of the Mennonites. Can we just add Mennonites at the bottom No, you're there? wrong. Shut your mouth! The Southern Mennonite University is coming into the program. <laughs> I'll stop.
Uh, let's see. Forward thinking trucker says SMU is a school of learned doctors. Well, and lawyers too. Fat Jesus says off for a travel day. Why can't you broadcast while driving like carpool karaoke? You're no James Corden. Well, that's very true. That's very, very true. Very true. A couple of more. Uh, brother says Jacob Monte, you know exactly how he feels. So, you know. Uh, Giddy Dropping Dimes. Okay, okay. Who changed their name? Because you're a member, and that definitely was not your name. Trust me, I know that list. Giddy Dropping Dimes says, can we see Tanner's video again? I hear it was epic. It was pretty good. Uh, Tanner said, uh, like I said in the group chat, I don't mind you making white salamander jokes. I made too big a deal about it. Tanner's like, do you guys understand? That um, the LDS community doesn't appreciate your white salamander jokes, bro. It's like, dude, the white salamander. Do you know? And he's like, do you know the story? Do you know the story of the white salamander with a cock? Like that's a that's no chicken, sir. That's a salamander. <laughs> I love you, Tanner. Bro, what, dude? I'm just the you salamander know. stuff is so funny. Robert Perez, final comment on this says academic smack talk and playing a football famous for intelligence is ironic. Do half of the football player qualify if not for sports? Reports say that networks need more members and content. Yeah. Just saying. Hey, how about we add that Monty show to the Mennonites? The Monty show. Uh, from what I understand, they know how to comb my uh, white salamander's hair. He's just a hack. You know. Do what? Do salamanders have hair? I don't think so. Um, let me let me ask Siri, real quick. Let's yeah, see. just ask Siri real quick. Uh, let's see. Hey Siri, do salamanders have hair? Here's an answer from Wikipedia: Most species have stiff, pointed hairs or spines. <laughs> okay, I think that qualifies as a yes. That qualifies. That qualifies hey, look, as a yes. So you know, what, what should we ask? Maybe, maybe that's a new. Maybe do we like a new segment where we ask Siri different things? <laughs> hey Siri. Okay. Uh, hey Siri. Hello. Can you keep white salamanders as pets? Oh, what are you talking about, man? I found this on the web. Okay, you're not going to uh, read that's, it for me. That's not a definitive yes or no. Uh, hey Siri, are you sexy? Hmm. I don't have an answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife hates, my wife hates, I'll say like heinous sexual things to, to Alexa. My, my wife hates it. I'll be like, Hey Alexa, what's your cup size? And my wife will be really, really? Yeah, that's stupid. Go do the dishes, fat ass. Like she hates when I talk to, to Alexa, she hates it. Do you guys ever talk to your Alexa or your Siri like that? I wonder if Aaron Rodgers will bring Alexa into the cave. That would be awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, main event says, hey, Tanner, Chiefs will win by 14. Well. No, they won't. Jason said, dang, you guys are old. Chat GPT is the new personal assistant. Oh, please, oh, please. dude. It's an HTML Stop. code on a website. Stop. Uh, Jeremy says, also, I just turned on ESPN. Anyone know if LeCaron broke the scoring record? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> All right, before football at 50 and meatballs, uh, Tanner says, spinal, back is broken. Man, why do why you want to play those drops? Spinal, back is broken. Ayo. I broke my back. Brother, 
says, Monty, do you like Siri? Do you let your wife get mad? Do you let your wife get mad? She don't get mad, man. Mrs. Monty, though, you know, she's no fun. We never go out to dinner. She doesn't Having like, fun is the name of the game. Like, I love Indian food. She never wants to go and get Indian okay, food. Okay, you don't like Indian food. What? I know that for a fact. I like pita bread. Keep it real. Hala. What do you mean? Pita bread. My wife is a huge fan of Indian food. And I, I don't hate... I just don't eat hummus uh-huh. for that exact reason. I think it greases the skids a little bit. Hummus will do that to you. How about that? You know. Bro. Hummus. Well. Dude. You know, we should go to football at 50. Yeah. Uh, football at 50, 10 at the hour, every hour. Wow. On the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Hey, man. I'm telling you, barbecue sauce on pizza. In the comments, are you a barbecue sauce or a red sauce fan on pizza? Make sure when you get your pizza at Papa Murphy's, you use the promo code MATI25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 hairs or more. Derek Carr is meeting with the Nolens Saints today Nolens. in Nolens. Nolens. In La Siena. Uh, where are you guys at on Derek Carr? I think Derek Carr's a better quarterback than he's getting credit for. I'm not personally paying him that guaranteed money. I'd cut him if I were the Raiders. Yeah. You're not going to be able to trade him. No, Everybody knows you got to pay him. So I would cut him, but if I'm Derek Carr, I don't think he has anything to hold his head down about up, about his time with the, the Raiders. I think he's going to go on and have a productive stint with somebody. Yeah, I mean, I think that Derek Carr is one of those guys that, you know, a lot of people want to say is a good quarterback, but not a great quarterback. But I think people aren't sure why he's not great. Is that because it was Oakland or was that because it's Derek Carr? And I think that this next opportunity will really define his legacy. If he's able to go to a, a, a program, a team, a an organization program. that uh, puts talent around him and he thrives and succeeds. And let's say that Derek Carr somehow finds a way to make a, a Super Bowl appearance, let's say. Uh, I think that'll kind of right the ship on whether he sucked or not in Oakland. It'll be, hey, no, it was Oakland. It wasn't Derek Carr, and they wasted several years of his career. Derek Carr or Trevor Lawrence? Derek Carr. Derek Carr or Daniel Jones? Derek Carr. Derek Carr or Tua Tagovailoa, your mama? Definitely Derek Carr. Derek Carr or Geno Smith? Uh, I got to go Derek Carr, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Derek Carr or Jared Goff? Ah, Jared Goff. Yeah, he, he said, he, he, I mean, you want to talk about white salamanders. Jared Goff, that's his nickname, bro. Been to a Super Bowl. Oh, please. Damn near carried the Lions in the playoffs. The Rams defense have been to a Super please. Bowl. Honey, almost took the Rams to that. No, please. he didn't. You don't almost take. Oh, well, the Lions got hosed. Well, you also probably should have won other games. It's not my fault the officials didn't throw the flag on Roby Coleman, okay? Look, dude. No, I'm not playing your stupid Jared Goff game. I'm not doing that. You are not going to suck me in. Whoa. Oh, Derek. Whoa. This is a family show. Jared Carr. Derek Goff. Like, I mean, Tommy. Nobody's sucking in anything. Okay, wow. Take it easy. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Jeremy Bolton, the mayor of Monty Town, or excuse me, NY Monty fans, says Derek Carr is no Charlie Batch, but he'll do. <laughs> J. 
Jeremy Bolton says, oops, Derek Carr or Tyler Huntley? Oh, please. I'm taking Derek Carr over that pro bowler, Tyler Huntley. Well, he just got in off of reserves. You know. You know. Uh, Greg Romano says, Derek Carr or David Carr? Bullet. I like, um, how, I like how as soon as we start talking about this, the comment section just goes right to, he's no blank, but he'll do. Derek Carr or Justin Fields? Derek Carr. Don't be an idiot. Don't be disrespectful. Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Aaron Rodgers in his cave. Uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers on ayahuasca or Derek Carr sober? Uh, I think I'd have to go with Aaron Rodgers just because he's on ayahuasca live in a game. See, look at that. Derek Carr or ayahuasca cave boy? <laughs> I would give almost anything to see Aaron Rodgers get lit on ayahuasca and try to play in the NFL. You know. Uh, let's see. Visible Angel says, dude, you have a new subscriber because you're not a hater. It's really true what you're saying. Too many crazy people. That's what I'm talking about. Make sure you uh, go ahead and uh, join the membership as well. Get in the membership, man. Visible. Appreciate you being here, bud. Uh, Giddy Dropping Dimes. Derek Carr or Alex Caruso? Alex Caruso. Oh, duh. I'm duh. Obviously, the Hello. alone. Hello. Uh, okay. Who, who bring Derek Carr in here? Pol uh, police, help me. <laughs> exactly right. Tanner Plummer. Derek Carr is no McNabb season, but he'll do. Yeah. See what he did. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I see you what know. he did there. Uh, Ian says, wow, Jake, is way higher on Derek Carr than anyone else on Earth. Well, the problem is, see, the problem exactly is, is right. the Earth is flat, so I can't really be higher than anyone else. Right, it's flat yeah, earther. It's flat. Kyrie for president. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, M.I. Monty fan who's a member says Captain Caveman Rogers, A. Awaska. <laughs> exactly right. Speaking of A. Raj, how about this whole thing on the Pat McAfee program? Uh, PMS. PMS, please. Oh, it's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. Uh, yeah, ayahuasca, bro. Uh, here's Aaron Rodgers talking to Pat McAfee yesterday about going into a cave for four days. That's yeah, a real thing, 100%. And that's why I think it's going to be important um, to get through this week and then, uh, you know, to uh, uh, to take my, uh, you know, my isolation retreat and just to be able to contemplate all things uh, my future and then, uh, and then make a decision that I feel like is... It's best for me moving forward and in the highest interest of my happiness and then uh, and then move forward. What's isolation retreat? We're just going into a cave. Are you not going to talk? You're not going to speak one of those things? Yeah. Is it just you in Ooh. there? And if you're just in there alone, do you know how many days you're in there? Are you taking an iPad, a book? Are we able to reach you? What? Is there good it's, uh, it's four nights of uh, complete uh, darkness. What? You going to Alaska? Not Alaska. No, I've been to Alaska. That's a beautiful state. Bro, first of all... Pat McAfee being like, hey, man, what? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, can we uh, back up a little bit? Hey, bro, what is an isolation retreat? And he's like, four nights of darkness? Where am I going to watch porn and drink PBR? <laughs> Isn't that why Pat McAfee's a stud? Yeah. Because he's just every dude. He's every dude. Aaron Rodgers. I'm telling you, the only way to describe Aaron Rodgers is hostage taker. Yes. He is holding the Green Bay Packers hostage so he can go drink some ayahuasca tea and smoke some hippie lettuce in a cave yes. in complete darkness so he doesn't have to look in the mirror. Yeah. Like I, this is the craziest thing I think I've ever seen. Yeah. He Summer after summer after summer. Mom, got to retire. You're not dick. They owe you $59 million, and you're not walking away from that. Yep. Like... 
What do you, if you're the Green Bay Packers, what do you do with this guy? Yeah, I mean, you have to deal with it. You have to figure out if you can trade him. If someone like it, it's complex to say the least. I mean, I think the minimum is trying to find a dance partner on him, you know, and trying to see if you can if you can move him or whatever. I, my biggest thing with Aaron Rodgers Man. is it's not like the guy's a five-time Super Bowl winner. It's not like this guy is auto bid you into the Super Bowl. I mean, this is somebody who is struggling to make the playoffs. This is somebody who is struggling simply to win his conference. Yeah. So that's why I say, like, the I hate the Packers. I'm not a Packer guy, but there's no denying the Packers are an iconic franchise in the NFL, and Aaron Rodgers isn't doing justice to that anymore. Uh, Jason gives us a 4.99 tip and says, flat earthers unite. There we go. We there don't we really go. believe the earth is flat. Uh, Giddy Drops Dime says, can we switch to the elephant in the room? Jake's shirt. Yeah, dude, this is two days in a row without a black shirt on. You're, you're losing the force. Uh, Geoff says, car to the Niners. I'll take anyone over Trey. God, please help me. Wow. Uh, let's see. Kyler McIntosh says, Kyler Murray, though, getting uh, them gains. I mean, it's dude, hard to how deny. Do you, how do you, I mean, this is two days in a row of Kyler Murray gains, dude. I mean, look at Kyler Murray squatting here. He's just had ACL surgery. I mean, this little guy is really getting it going. I mean, look at him getting after it. That is a – if you've ever seen an NFL quarterback, this is not one. But look at that face. Look at the intensity. Look at that face, Kyler. Whoever did this, I love you. <laughs> the fact that this was on Insta Snap Face Twitter – and it said, Ky exclusive tape, Kyler Murray working out. I love you. I love you. And I appreciate you in all ways. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is it is remarkable to me that somebody did that. Uh, Papa Murphy's Pizza, make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get your Heart Baker Pizza. When you get a Heart Baker Pizza from Papa Murphy's, it's like you're our Valentine. Because we're giving you our heart. Our fresh pepperoni and cheese-covered heart to take and bake however and whenever you'd like. But then you give our heart away? So does that make us your Valentine? Wow, love is hard. Thank goodness we're pizza. So whether you need a Valentine or need to be one, get what you need this Valentine's Day with a Heartbaker pizza from Papa Murphy's. Papa Murphy's Pizza presents... Football at 50, 10 in the hour every hour. Make sure you use the promo code MATSI25. And who knows, maybe like Teddy Wayman, who, by the way, legit shaved his beard last night. Uh, which I just don't understand. I mean, I, I don't understand what the strategy was, Teddy. I and mean, listen, if you don't know Teddy Wayman, you are, you, A, you're not living. B, he had, I mean, he had, a, he had a face full of fire crotch that was unreal. Yes, yes, yes. And he shaved his beard. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Kay Nuren says, uh, is Rogers' brain damaged? Should the Jets want him? They probably should. Ken Williams, who's a member of the program. Good morning, Ken. Hope the cattle are good. Uh, Adam Terry Hawker. I still hold a grudge for the pack keeping my cougs out. You probably should. But I think if you're that BYU fan, aren't you also saying, though, and I don't blame you for feeling that way, but aren't you also saying it was a blessing in disguise because now we're in the Big 12 which is in a way better position in modern day and current times. 
And yeah, we're probably going to get our ass beat this first year. But if we can recruit and we can build on our program, like we're going to be in a much better position. So that's why I say I get the vitriol, but at the same time, it was a blessing in disguise. Yep, totally agree. The Monty Show presented by The Advocates, theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Hello to all of our listeners in Phoenix. We had a huge day. Um, this show, frankly, is killing it right now. I mean, we have so many... Um, so many new listeners to the show. We welcome all of you. Thanks for being here. Um, I know that Los Angeles, you're massive on this program right now. Vegas, you're massive on the program. program. Phoenix, Arizona, you're massive on the program. program. Get to theadvocates.com, the newest uh, advocates office, Phoenix, Arizona, theadvocates.com for the best injury attorneys in the business. You know that people are going to get crazy for the Phoenix Open this weekend. If somebody hits you because they're not being a responsible driver, if you're driving your motorcycle or your bicycle and somebody knocks you off, hey, you did, you did not deserve that. You deserve to be compensated for that. Get to the advocates, theadvocates.com, where they never charge you a consultation fee. They never ask you for a retainer. You do not pay the advocates until they win your case. And that's important because it allows you to focus on getting healthy. It allows you to get back to work, to figure out, hey, how am I going to afford to buy a new car? Hey, how am I going to defer? God forbid you're hurt. How am I going to defer my medical bills? The advocates are going to handle all that for you at theadvocates.com. Good morning, friends. Good to see you at 8 o'clock in the Mountain Time Zone. Uh, Teddy Wayman explaining why he chopped off the, uh, the red fire face. The beard was getting stagnant. So it had to come off. It'll be back though. Yeah. So I have never had like the ability as a full grown adult male to grow a beard of such awesome proportion as Teddy Wayman. Facial recognition. Yeah. I have sporadic, you know, growth right. and stuff. When you get a long beard, does it stop growing at some point? I would think, but I don't know. Probably not actually. Okay. Teddy, would, Teddy needed a change. Yeah. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Tyler P says shaving a full beard is a tell sign you got a screw loose. Teddy, do you have a screw loose? I mean, you're a contractor. You're a tile guy. Teddy, did your rubber ducky you know, grow a beard yet for you? Use that little grout spreader thing and like screw the screw back in. <laughs> you know, a trough or what? A trough? A hoe? You know. Okay, real quick, real quick. So the Super Bowl is in Phoenix this year. Yes. Right. And we get a lot of new listeners on the program now, right? Because the program's blowing up. For all of you long times, you used to know that we worked at a little company called Yelp back in the day. Yes. Watching first take on ESPN right here that's on the TV now, be on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale has serious memories coming back to me. Looking at all the locations that I remember walking by every day, knowing that the office is right down there. Like it's a it's a crazy little experience to be seeing them sitting there with all these people behind them. And like it, it's crazy. Does that ever happen to you guys where like you move from somewhere and then it's on TV again? You're like, oh, look at that little shop. Dude, and we've been there. That. We ate in there. Yeah, we, yeah. Like it's a crazy experience, bro. Yeah, we'll see. Uh Giddy dropping dime says, does Tyler P realize Teddy can crush him in define dust? I don't believe that he does. Dust up. I don't believe that he does. LeBron James is the all-time leading scorer in the NBA. And I'm curious where you guys come down on this because there's been quite a bit of hate on LeBron right now. Mm -hmm. And I, 
I believe that LeBron is one of the best scorers in the history of the NBA. I don't believe that makes him the best player in the history of the NBA. But isn't today the one day, if you were going to do it, that you would show some love and respect to LeBron? Mm -hmm. Isn't that where you would... That's what this... And yet, no. No. That's what it feels like we should be doing. Right. Yet, I feel like we've sat here this morning in, in, in talking about LeBron, and we've had to defend him, and I just don't understand that. Yeah, I mean, I think that the 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 difficult part of the LeBron discussion is that he's not a natural, beautiful scorer. It's not like it's, oh, man, look at that jumper. It's just the way it comes out of his hand, the the shooting form, the the footwork to get to that spot. Like, like yes, he's got elite footwork. Yes, his shooting mechanics are good enough where he can shoot from three very consistently. Like, yes, he's worked on all this stuff. But, like, when I think about beautiful, you know, mid-range players, I think about DeMar DeRozan. I think about Kevin Durant, Kobe, Michael. You know, these guys that that are just, they, they just make it look easy. They make it look effortless. And that, I think, is, is, the, is the essence of why people hate on LeBron. Because the reality is, LeBron is crossing this record, not because he's the best scorer ever, right, when it comes to night in, night out on the floor. He's crossing it because he's played for such a long time, and he deserves that credit. He's played long enough that he's given himself the opportunity to to cross a, a standard, a boundary, a, a, a benchmark. And I don't understand why people won't just say that. Hey, this guy has been playing for 20 years or whatever it's been, Kobe didn't play that long or whatever, or Michael or this guy or that guy. Like, these guys didn't play that long. They didn't play enough seasons to get to 38,000 points and some change, you know? Like, so I don't understand why why the hate. And I, I totally respect, you know, the LeBron hater guy who's like, oh, well, this reason and BLM and the shop and all this stuff off the floor and I hate the guy and yada, 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 right? Like, I respect that opinion, but what I don't respect is not being able to say, Hey, I feel this way, but today I will give LeBron some credit. You you crossed this record, you made those shots, you did what you had to do, and you've been basically the most durable player of your generation. Yeah, I think LeBron deserves all the credit today because what he's done, I think this is one of the most unbreakable records ever. Maybe Emmett Smith's rushing record, maybe, I don't know. This is one of the the crown jewels in professional sports achievement. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong with saying that. And it it drives me crazy when we talk about individual performances. Like with the Tom Brady retirement last week, now this LeBron discussion, we don't need to tear everybody down. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. We don't need to tear everybody down. That's a thing. Jeremy Bolton says, yeah, it's ESPN love affair with him for the past 15 years. Well, I mean, he's a huge draw. But what would you expect? Is, and this is, this is, I'm seriously asking this. So, I understand, and I'm with you, Jeremy, that ESPN has fawned over LeBron. I I'm, I agree. We literally said, you said on the show yesterday, without ESPN, LeBron's probably not LeBron. No. Like, that's real. But at the same time, are they supposed to just go and cover water polo? Like, what would you have them do? Well, and Big Dog O-Town is usually makes a really good point. He says, do we want style or results? I'm about them results. Program. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, mean I, 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 I cannot disagree. Program. Like, it, it, it is, like, 
you can't deny the guy has the scoring record now. That's right. He has the ability to say he's the greatest scorer the NBA's ever seen because he holds the most points ever scored in the NBA. Now, if you're asking me who's the best scorer of all time, yeah, I think you're probably in the 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 Michael Jordan Kobe realm. Those two guys, I think just the way they went about the game, the the way they played it, they to me were the best pure scorers the league's ever seen. But the reality is this guy is the one who broke the record. Not yep, those two guys. Not Kevin Durant. Like, come I on. I agree. James Knight says, I don't hate on LeBron. It's a it's a super slurping that comes with it. Yeah. Well, and I think that's what Jeremy Bolton's point is. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Uh, Sefre says, LeBron will always live in the shadow of Joe Ingles. <laughs> I, no doubt. Uh, well, because Joe Ingles is in LeBron's head. That's you know, the thing. You know, LeBron is no Laker, but he'll do. Right. Mike Phillips says the most impressive thing about LeBron is his health and how he's taking care of his body. Dude is still a physical freak. Yes, he is. Let me ask this question. Now that he's done this, is his jersey going to get put up in the rafters when he's done at crypto? I don't think so. Can I don't do that? I don't think so. Will they do that? No, you know, I don't like... think so. I don't think so. He hasn't he's not, LeBron is not a Laker. Well, LeBron is not a He's not Kareem, he's not Magic, he's not Jerry West, he's not Kobe. He's not like He's not those guys. Right. Is he even Shaq? No. Like, he's not. Well, no, because Shaq is Kobe. Like, you know, Shaq he's not is... Elgin Baylor. He's not yeah. like one of the true legends to ever wear a Laker uniform because he's not a Laker legend. He has won one championship. He has not led them. He has not grown them. Right. He didn't do for the Lakers what any of those other guys did. No, I don't think you should retire his jersey. And I think the, the person who supports the whole retire his jersey thing and hang his jersey up says, hey, he's got a championship, and he did break the record, and he's done these things. But I'm with you. Like Those guys that have their, their name in the rafters now, those guys were transformative for the Lakers. Those guys were the Lakers, and that, I think, is the key difference for sure. Kay Nuren says, going to Quick Quack this morning, the best feeling having a clean car. Hey, oh, man. There's no doubt about that, my friends. Yeah. There is no doubt about that. Um, make sure you send us a picture, man. Always love seeing you guys uh, hook it up with our clients. Quick Quack Car Wash presents all of our Utah Jazz and NBA talk on this here fine money program. Hey, okay, guys, I'm going to tell you the secret to impressing my neighbors, the wife, coworkers, you name it. I just swing by Quick Quack. It seriously takes two minutes, and people can't stop, won't stop checking me out. Getting a clean car is definitely my best life hack. Kids are messy. Camping's dirty, but my truck sure isn't. Can't stop, won't stop checking them out, man. Yeah. That's why I shop at Quick Quack. That's right. I want all them people checking me out. We really did. Uh, Teddy Wayman says, watching LeBron hit that record was awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, seriously. Ken Williams says he's a Laker, LOL. Easy to hate. No doubt about that. Greg Romano, good morning. If Kareem can celebrate LeBron's success, then so can I. I agree with that. Uh, Dallin Watts, how the heck are you, Dallin? LeBron may not be the purest ISO scorer, but in the flow of basketball game, he's the best scorer of all time. Fast break, shooting, driving on the post, he can do everything. And it, it what we were talking about earlier, if you're just tuning in, is like Mike and Kobe made it look easy, effortless. Yeah, LeBron has to work hard for what he gets because he's just not a, a gifted natural scorer, in my opinion. And I think the other big difference between Bron and like Kobe and Michael is it appears as though like when when I just when I sit here and I think about LeBron it's easy to say he doesn't have a killer mentality it's this is the other argument I've heard hey Bron doesn't have a killer mentality Bron's not a killer and I tend to disagree with that because he's definitely had I'm um, you like killer type moments in the NBA 
But it was like the lifeblood of Michael and Kobe. Michael's yes. out here intimidating people. Kobe's out here like, you know, just owning people, like just like just the emotionally dominating you. And LeBron is much more of just like, a, hey, I'm better than you, and I'm going to play my game, and we're going to win the game, and that's that's it. And it's just it's just a different way he's gone about it. And frankly, no one's ever done it the way Bron's done it. And that also, I think, contributes to people hating because when someone's yep. done something you've never done, you're going to hate on them. Uh, Eric in the receiving department. Oh, okay. How's the TPS reports? Uh, all the hype set LeBron up for failure, and somehow he lived up to it. Who else has ever done that? I, I mean, great point, dude. Great point. Great point. On the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yep. Uh, he's like Tom the Goat, a player, a great player. However, I don't like him and didn't watch the game. Just don't care, Kane Nuren says. Uh, James Knight says, Monty, you and I are old enough to see both LeBron and Michael's careers, and my guess is we both have the same player as the GOAT, Mike. Yeah. It is Mike. But, you know, James, it's interesting you bring that up as we talk about LeBron James breaking Kareem's record here on the showroom. Um, What I find very interesting about this is the guys who were on the court with LeBron last night, including Chaboy, Josh Giddy, who I thought, had some really interesting words about LeBron. Yeah, um, it's obviously special. I mean, this this day, um, you know, not many people thought this record would ever be broken, um, and to be a part of history uh, for one of, with one of the all time greats is um, is a special moment. Um, you know, I was secretly hoping he would do it tonight, just so I could be here and, and witness this, just as everyone else did. Um, you know, as a player, you also are a fan. And, you know, the things he's done for the game over the last, you know, 20 or so years um, has inspired and, and is a mentor and role model to kids all around the world. So um, he was, to me, um, you know, my favorite player growing up. So, um, yeah, to, to be on the floor, you know, and share history, you know, like we did tonight uh, was special. And, um, yeah, it's a record that, you know, never and again in our lifetime will it, you know, be broken. Yeah, Josh Giddy of the Oklahoma City Thunder, who almost knocked LeBron out of that game with an elbow to the face. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, to hear a young guy like Giddy say that, I think is huge. But I also think this is interesting. Look at Anthony Davis here. Yeah! Anthony Davis, number three, right there wandering. Watch what he does. He sits down. LeBron now is going to break the record. Just watch Anthony Davis. There's the record going down. Anthony Davis didn't even clap. Like, he doesn't even clap. Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's definitely a conversation point. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Braun had sat down with him after, you know, after the ceremony and everything, kind of like when the game calmed back down and was back in normal flow. And they were sitting together, and, you know, uh, Braun was mic'd up last night and, you know, told Anthony Davis that, he loves them and it's all love and, you know, like positive vibes and everything. So it, it seems like they're fine, but I, I tend to agree. That's not a great look if no. you're Anthony Davis. And in this conversation around, you know, being a teammate of LeBron James and being a teammate specifically that has high expectations put on your shoulders like Anthony Davis does and then falling way short of those expectations pretty dude. much on the regular, that's a heavy thing, dude. Well, and what they always say is don't pay attention to those who cheer the loudest. Pay attention to those who don't cheer at all. Yeah. And he didn't. Pretty cool video, though. Uh, here's what Bronny saw. Bronny James, LeBron's oldest son and his youngest son were also there. Pretty cool viewpoint to watch your dad do something so special. Fade him, fade him, fade him, fade him! Watch how close he gets. 
it's awesome. That's your dad you're watching do that. Like, I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> How can, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're sharing that moment with your kid. You know, it's unfortunate Russ got the assist, so he'll go down in history. But I think it's really cool. The moment was really cool. As a parent, I would love to share that moment with my kid. Like, yes. That's got to be so rewarding. That's why, I, and, and Jake and I talk about this all the time. Like, having kids is really special to share moments like that. How are you not happy for LeBron and Bronny and... It's it's amazing. I thought yeah. it was a great moment. I thought, you know, that he deserved everything he gets. Man, like the guy is the guy has worked really hard. Uh, LFG says uh, LeBron James is transcendent, one of a kind player like Wilt or Dr. J. Agreed. Uh, Ron Nolan says Wilt Chamberlain, the greatest scorer of all time, over forty thousand points on the court, over twenty thousand off the court. What a stud! To be over twenty thousand off the court. Mm-hmm. Like it's, Okay, I mean, with that. you know, that's fine. Will Wilt, is Wilt I'm Chamberlain familiar with it? Is Wilt Chamberlain really known as a, You know what that's a reference to, Jake? Mm-mm. You don't know what that's a reference no, to? No, I don't know what that's a reference to. Wilt Chamberlain is known as um, quite literally a sex machine. Okay, a pipe layer. Wilt yeah. Cha- he is in the union. Yeah. Um, is somebody that. Let's see. Will Chamberlain. Let's see. Lane. Woman. Women count. Body count. Like he is. He says that Will Chamberlain claimed to have slept with over 20,000 women during his life. In his book, um, he shared a story about how the legendary basketball player came up with that number. Rod Roddenwig. Yeah, okay. You, do you know who Rod Roddenwig is? <laughs> I think I, I think I saw him in a in a real famous movie called Death. Never mind. That's right, T. Over twenty thousand women. Who do you believe that? No, you don't believe that. No, he didn't come anywhere near twenty thousand women. You, <laughs> I think maybe five thousand. Okay, sure. You're not. You didn't do twenty thousand women, dude. No doubt. Like I have no doubt about that. Well, I didn't, but Wilt. I think Wilt did. How, how would you? You know. Yeah. How would you not? How would you not? I don't know. I could be wrong. All right, let's talk Utah Jazz basketball. They've got Rudy and the T-Wolves in tonight at 7 o'clock. Um, what do you guys think happens re- leading up to the NBA trade deadline? I think this is one of those things where I don't think anybody has a real firm grasp on where Danny Ainge is trade-wise. And I think Danny, one of the things that Danny Ainge does really well, better than most people does, is he th- uses smoke screens. And I think there is a lot of action around the Utah Jazz. Um, I think the only team that's busier right now, frankly, is the Brooklyn Nets, who I still maintain, um, will end up with Fred Van Vliet. I think that is very close to happening. But if I look at Danny Ainge, Danny's got three of the most in-demand players in the league right now. Mike Conley, whose value is a little less now because Fred Van Vliet's available. But Malik Beasley and Jordan Clarkson are in demand around the league. And my question is, who is who gets moved? Who do you think gets traded? Jake, who's here and who's gone when the trade deadline passes tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's it's definitely a difficult question to answer, mainly because of this Ryan Smith angle about how he has some affinity for Jordan Clarkson and and has this, you know, thought and and really what I'm gonna call a prayer and a hope that they can re-sign Jordan in in the summer. And and you know, so who's gonna be here and who's not gonna be here? I'd be surprised if Malik Beasley was still here after the trade deadline. I'd be surprised if Jared Vanderbilt didn't get moved 
uh, at the deadline. You know, and, and frankly, I'd be a little surprised if Mike Conley also didn't get moved before the deadline. And really, with those three guys, they're, they are good fits on a lot of teams. And that's why I think you have options there. And I think Danny wants to stockpile draft assets and, you know, that like that's the route they want to go. But this, so like, I don't think those three guys will be here. But again, I agree, nobody truly knows. But if I had to guess, I don't think they will be here. This Jordan Clarkson thing, though, it does bother me a little bit. I, I, I'm trying to, I've really been working hard on trying to empathize and trying to get on the same thought process as Ryan Smith. Trying to understand, hey, what is it that, that you see in Jordan Clarkson, truly and genuinely, that makes you think it's okay to, to, to try to compete to re-sign him this offseason and quite literally take the risk of getting absolutely nothing in return for him leaving your team what about that makes you think that that's okay has he told you that yeah i'll i'll work with you guys on it or like privately has jordan clarkson said that to them well not that we've heard right no we haven't heard that like in fact publicly he said just the opposite in the philippines so to me i just i don't understand it and this trade deadline is super important. If this, if they were already a good team and they just kind of need to add a piece here or there, okay, keep JC, fine, whatever. But this is one of your most valuable trade assets. Why would you not get something in return? And then if he wants to come back, great, sign him. That's what I'm really struggling with this. But those, you know, Conley, you know, Vanderbilt and Beasley, I would expect those guys to be gone. My guess is that, that Conley and Beasley get moved. That's my guess. I think that happens. I think more likely Vanderbilt also gets moved than not likely. I I agree with you. And in, in, in that, I don't think Ryan Smith wants to trade Jordan Clarkson. I've been told that specifically. I was told by a source yesterday that the belief around the league is that the Jazz are not going to trade Clarkson, which is why they have an exceptionally high price tag on him, very much like Alex Crusoe in Chicago. <coughs> uh, both of them require two first-round picks and a player. And nobody's paying that for role players. And I think when you look at Jordan Clarkson, this is part of the issue. This this decision to start him this year, I think, made it more difficult to trade him. And I think the other thing that it does is it makes it more difficult to put him back in the six-man role on this team. And I think that's where, if he's going to be here, and again, I am not advocating for Jordan Clarkson to be here, I would trade him. And I, I think if he's going to be here, he's got to be your six-man because on a championship team... Jordan Clarkson's a six man, period. Yeah, and a really good one. But you can't yeah. you can't put the ball in his hands in the last five minutes of the game and think that you're going to get a positive outcome. I think that's one of the most difficult conversations they have about JC is you can't believe that when you give him the ball in the last five minutes, it's going to get in the hole. I think that if they wanted to trade him, they would have already. Mm-hmm. They have Jazz sources have told me they have a first round offer on Jordan Clarkson, and they have not made that trade. Danny, and and again, I was also told yesterday that Danny's got a deal for all of these guys. Danny's got a deal for Jared Vanderbilt, and as I understand it, the the Knicks would like Jared Vanderbilt, the Sixers would like Jared Vanderbilt. I think very much the Sixers would like to do a deal with Jordan Clarkson and Jared Vanderbilt. Malik Beasley is of interest to them. I still maintain that Malik Beasley and Kelly Olynyk, their best opportunity to get moved is to Miami. But I don't know that Miami has the assets to do that because Duncan Robinson's contract, I think, I don't know that I'd say it's a non-starter. It's just not what's going to get a trade done. Yeah. You're going to have to go and get something else. And I also think this situation in Phoenix that we've been telling you about, Matt Ishbia has taken over control of the Suns. 
but he brought in Isaiah Thomas for a significant role in the front <laughs> office or will be. Does that mean that Isaiah Thomas is in control? Is he the CEO or GM or in charge of personnel? That'd be shocking because I think James Jones has done a very nice job there. Why would you take James Jones out of control there? I think that's a mistake. I don't know what the Suns are. They are very much a wild card in this trade market. They have all of their future draft assets, all of their first round and second round picks. They have talent that is in desire and they've got to move Jay Crowder. And again, I think we told you last week, Jay Crowder was all but sent to Milwaukee and they were just waiting for Ishbia to take control of the team to make that happen. And now he's got control. Does that happen today or tomorrow? Yeah. I think there's a, a real good chance that that does. Well, and I think the conversation around their draft compensation and their willingness to move it also is really a big question mark. I mean, you know, a lot of people thought, hey, well, they have, because the Suns control their draft capital and they have first-round picks and they have things that are really valuable in the trade market, but they weren't willing to move them. And that was the hesitation around the John Collins deal with Atlanta and Phoenix for the three-teamer that Danny was in. Yeah. And a lot of people felt like, oh, well, that's, that's because you know, you've got good old Bobby Sarver, you know, stopping these deals. And and now it's the hope is, and, and I agree, this Isaiah Thomas thing is a big, is a, is it's definitely. It's a head scratcher, yeah, man. Like man I, it's negative as hell. But I think, I my hope is, is that because now Ishbia's got control, they're willing to work with some of that draft capital. We'll see. I, I, I think it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting move. But again, specifically to the Jazz, I mean, I, I, I think you are looking at at two deals is what it feels like to me. I think Mike Conley, I think there's a real good chance that Mike Conley ends up with the Clippers because I think Brooklyn is so close to a mega deal with with Toronto. If they wind up with Van Vliet and Siakam, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a pickup for them. Yeah, it is. I don't think that they want OG Ananobi all by themselves. Uh, I don't. I think... They need a point guard. They need a guy that they can give the ball to and control it. And I think when you look specifically at Brooklyn, one of the things that I think is so fascinating now is Cam Thomas's situation because Cam Thomas has had a nice three-game run here. But is Cam Thomas having that run with Kevin Durant in the lineup? I think very clearly he's not. Is Cam Thomas dropping 40 um, if you make a deal that brings in Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam with Kevin Durant? Absolutely he's not. He goes back to being a role player. But one of the things that I think is so interesting is Kevin Durant really likes Cam Thomas. And I think he is going to want to have a bigger role. And from what I understand, and I, I believe Woj is the one that reported this first, they're not trading Kevin Durant right now. No. If Kevin Durant's going to get moved, it's going to be in the summer. It would be a shocking reversal if they traded him. I think more likely what Brooklyn's going to do is they are going to go and get Fred Van Vliet. And I think they would like to add Pascal Siakam to that deal. Do they have the balls to make that trade? That's a big transformative deal. But if you put Van Vliet and Kevin Durant on the same team with Siakam and Cam Thomas and you wind up trading Watanabe and probably Joe Harris, man, I think that's a, a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. If you can get that deal done, you're going to have to balance salaries, obviously, based on where Brooklyn is. And Brooklyn doesn't have draft capital to provide. But if you are able to do that, I think that makes a hell of a lot of sense. They cleared cap space yesterday and a roster spot. This feels like they're going to make a big trade. And I also think the, the same exact thing is the case as well with the LA Clippers. I think the Clippers recognize, and this is why Mike Conley is so important, I think the Clippers recognize they're a point guard away from giving 
Um, you know, guys like Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the rest that they need mm -hmm. because those two guys are out of gas at the end of games. They're not far away from being the best team in the Western Conference. Right now, you can tell that they are just muddling along trying to keep Kawhi and Paul George healthy. And I think if you add a Mike Conley and a Jared Vanderbilt, or if you add a Mike Conley and you wind up moving pieces out on that, I think it makes a lot of sense to add Kelly Olynyk to that deal. I think it makes a lot of sense if you're the if you're the LA Clippers. One thing that doesn't make sense to me, I don't know what you would do with a Rudy Gay. A lot of people have talked about having Rudy Gay in that trade. That doesn't make a lot of sense for me. I think the trade that Rudy Gay makes a lot of sense is, is in fact the other side of the hallway. That's the Lakers deal. I think if if the if the Russell Westbrook trade happens and Again, I, I think we've been pretty consistent on this, that Russell Westbrook is absolutely an option for the Utah Jazz. As a buyout candidate, you would make that trade, you would buy him out, and you would take his cap space happily into the summer. I think that trade makes a lot of sense because you also have a lot of pieces that fit in that. You would get two future first-round picks, but let's be honest, those picks are probably, even if they do wind up conveying where you think they will and you wind up executing those, those picks, they're probably not going to be worth a whole lot. I think if, if you are the, the L.A. Lakers and you can add, you know, a, a, a Mike Conley, a Jordan Clarkson, and you, you wind up adding somebody in the line of a Talon Horton Tucker to make that trade work, there's no reason you're not going to send out Russell Westbrook, you know, and whoever you want to put in that deal. I'm mm -hmm. obviously going to ask for Austin Reeves. I doubt they're going to make that deal. But if I'm gonna if I'm gonna make that trade and I'm gonna give you Lonnie Walker and two first round picks with Russ, it's gonna be tough for Danny Ainge to say no to that. Yeah, it's gonna be very yeah. difficult in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, it's always been this thing where Danny's got deals on the table, but those are just meh deals. Those are just like eh, like yeah, sure we could make that deal, but this is what we're trying to do. And the only question is if if Ryan and Danny are willing to bring those prices down to get deals done that actually are of big benefit or maybe transformative well, is the better word to use. Like deals that actually have some consequence. Yep, I agree. This hour of the show crumb is brought to you by our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Make sure you check out any of their five Utah locations, Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, and our good friends in Murray, right across from the mall on State Street. No, oh, by the way, no matter where you listen to this show, the best barbecue equipment, supplies, seasoning, rubs, sauces, it's all online, and it's all available to you online at bbqpitstop.com. And again, you're, you're buying excellence. You already know when you hear Barbecue Pit Stop, it's the, it's the best equipment in the business, right? You know that uh, as well as we know that. And when you think Barbecue Pit Stop, and you're thinking about, hey, am I gonna am I gonna wind up getting a a Traeger? Am I gonna wind up getting a, a Yoder? I'm telling you, it's a Traeger Ironwood XL. Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Make sure you find any of their uh, Utah locations from, again, Logan, Leighton, Lehigh, St. George, Murray on State Street, across from the mall. It is Barbecue Pit Stop. Talking Utah Jazz basketball on the NBA trade deadline. Um, let's see. Snipes Entertainment says if they want to get RJ, um, 
If they want to get better, RJ needs to be traded. Oh, you're talking about the Knicks. Yeah. Yes, you are. I'm sorry. The Knicks aren't going to do anything. Well, it's funny how the tides have turned on this. And we've talked about this quite a bit on the show. The yeah. Knicks absolutely should be the landing spot for OG and Anobi. The problem is, I think Tom Thibodeau has to go. He cannot. Tom Thibodeau, if you watch the Knicks as much as we do, you know that Tom Thibodeau just, it, that team should be significantly better than they are. You're just wasting Derrick Rose, who I think could be a valuable bench contributor for any contending team. But I agree with you, Snipes. I think R.J. Barrett's a guy that is not a championship player. And then I'll go back to what we said over the summer that pissed off all the Knicks fans, but R.J. Barrett is soft. He's a guy that one night can give you 40 and then another night can give you six because you can get in his head. And I think that he does not naturally fit, in my opinion, with where they are and where they're going. Mm -hmm. And I think the bigger, one of the other enigmas on this team, obviously, Snipes is still uh, Julius Randle. I think when you look at Julius Randle and you look at how well he's played, and I, I'll die on the hill that he's been the best power forward at times in this league this season. He has absolutely been a stud. Now, obviously, he's gone through bad shooting stretches. Well, who hasn't? But you put him and Jalen Brunson together, and all of a sudden, Julius Randle is a much better player. My guy, Emmanuel Quickly, who I thought was was the deal breaker in the in the Jazz Knicks trade, I wouldn't have made a Don trade without Emmanuel Quickly. Yeah. I think that much of him. I think you have those three guys together, and I think you have a bunch of other guys. I still maintain that Quentin Grimes is not some end-of-the-world player. Cam Reddish should been should have been traded already, which is why I go back to the original question we talked about with the Knicks is, how willing is Leon Rose to do a deal right now to try and push this team into a, a home court advantage position in the East? Yeah. I don't know. Because you can't tell me that Cleveland's going to stand pat. You can't tell me that... I mean, one of these teams in the East is going to get hosed. Yep. Because there is, in my mind, not enough sellers in the market to make 5, 10, 15 transformative deals. Thanks. And the team that feels like they're going to get left on the outside looking in right now is the Sixers. Because I don't see the Sixers. I don't hear a lot about the Sixers. I hear the Sixers want Malik Beasley. But I don't know what you have to offer in return on that. The Knicks have everything they could possibly ever want or need to make one of the biggest trades. Will they do that now? Or will they do that in the summer? Because I still maintain that facial recognition. Facial recognition. You need to forget that happened. And the best way to do that is go make a trade and go be a home court advantage team in the Eastern but Conference. But isn't this what we talk about with the Knicks all the time? Every, every single year? I, hey, I agree. They're going to wait till the summer. They're going to wait till the summer. They're going to wait till the summer. That's my problem with what I hear out of Jazzland right now. I'm not hearing, hey, we're, we're looking to make big deals. We're looking to transform this roster. I'm, I'm hearing more about new clothing lines and... Travis Scott, then I'm hearing but, about big But Jake, I, I like, think the, the Knicks have the opportunity to, to if you look at the standings, if you look at the standings right now, yeah, and you understand the Knicks are a good team, and, and all of this to say, you're not firing Tom Thibodeau now or in the summer, I don't think. I think he's singularly the biggest problem. Yeah. But you look at where they are, the Knicks are in seventh, nine back. To get home court advantage, you're only four games off the Cavs. Yeah. And you know Donnie's going to miss time down the stretch. That's inevitable. Donovan Mitchell always misses games late in the season. Why are you as the New York Knicks at least not trying to stay out of the play-in and get into the 4-5-6 conversation? Donnie, please. Because you're not that far away. If you add OG Ananobi, you're in the 4-5-6 conversation. Yeah.
You you are. You instantly get better defensively with OG Ananobi there. I think it, 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 it's it's one of those things that you just wonder how much is it Dolan and how much is it Leon. They let you down. And inevitably the Knicks do. The East is clearly not nearly as tight as the West. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at a, a Jazz team that is in 10th. They're 11 games out, which is to say they're three games off of home court advantage in the West. In the 10th spot, you're yeah. three games out. Yeah. And right? That's what I'm saying. Like, for all this logic that we talk about with the Knicks, I believe we should be applying similar logic to the Jazz. Like, I understand that this year isn't the year for the Jazz that, you know, you were ring chasing or trying to get to the NBA Finals. I get that. I understand, like, where you are and where you're going. But are you really telling me that if you don't, like, if you were to make a couple of trades here and really bolster this roster at the deadline and and really take that through the second half of the year and into the summer, that you wouldn't have a really strong finish to the back end of the year? Like, I, I can't I just, believe it. I just believe that you could be... A Cinderella story we hear so much and, and I was thinking about this clothing line because you guys know this counterpoint clothing line came out for the Jazz and you know that that came out on the same day that Ryan and, and uh, Mrs. Ryan were on the dais talking about the all-star break and and everything and whatever and I can't help but wonder if this clothing line is yet another ploy to make more money for the organization because I don't feel like it's 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 not a bad clothing line, but it's not also unique or like must have. It's just another thing. It's not even a good clothing line. Let, let's just be really honest about this. If you, this is what you're talking about here. Yeah. This jazz counterpoint clothing line. I, I agree with what you said yesterday. I think they're trying to be off white. Yeah. And it, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And the fact that it's $60 for a sweatshirt. That is not special or unique. That better be a nice ass sweatshirt, right? Like you're you're talking about fifty dollars for t-shirts that are not special or unique. If somebody's walking down the street with that white t-shirt on there on the on the on screen left there with the yellow jazz logo that says counterpoint, what point am I countering? Yeah, like what are we doing? <clears throat> like I don't understand what we're talking about, and you know they're they're talking about how. You know, this is made with high-end cotton and finished with an oversight iconic counterpoint logo. Like, what does this mean? What is, tell me again, you just said in the description here, and if you, if you look at this description right here on this sweatshirt, the counterpoint iconic logo, what does that mean? What do you mean? It, it's an iconic, nobody knows what counterpoint is, dude. And I, I, again, we're all salesmen. I get it. If I tell you it's iconic, it's iconic. I'm not paying 60 bucks for a sweatshirt that is not black and yellow and says Utah Jazz on it. Yeah. And I'm barely doing that. Yeah. I, I, but my point is, my point in all of this was that, that all that's true. And I'm hearing more about Counterpoint and Travis Scott and the issues that come with Travis Scott than I am hearing about stuff getting done. And like, you know what I mean? And that's what I worry about. And I've been saying this. Like, the All-Star game is great. It brings it infuses a ton of cash into downtown, obviously into the organization. Like, you renovated the building. Like, hey, man, I get it. At the, Oh, do do we have another caller on the show, on the program? No, it's a, it, I, I'm pretty sure I know who that is. I'm not going to answer that. It's a okay. blocked call. Okay, okay, cool, cool. So anyway, point is... <laughs> 
Point is, is there's a lot of distractions right now. And and when I hear and I think about the Utah Jazz, and I hear and I think about the New York Knicks, the New York Knicks have been a, a, a franchise every year for the last however long that have always been, oh, they're going to make a playoff push. They're going to be really good. And then they fall apart down the stretch. That like I'm not even hating on the Knicks. I'd love for them to be good, but that's who they are right now. Yeah. The Jazz are an organization with a new owner who's young and energetic and out in the world and doing things, and I love that about Ryan Smith. I really do. I, I really respect the guy's hustle. I love it. But but what I'm concerned about, Ryan, is that you're distracted. I'm concerned Absolutely. that you are more focused on counterpoint and renovating the building and making sure that Travis Scott is happy at Astro World in the parking lot. What was that? I don't know. My phone is doing some weird Bro. stuff, dude. Anyway, yeah, I think that they're, you know why he's not focused on winning? Because they don't have to be. There's no expectation that this team is going to win. There is no expectation this team's going to win. And there's no expectation that they will win now. And I think that, to me, is the most significant part of all of this. Yeah. Is that they don't have to win now, and the building is still full. They don't have to win now, and you're going to go buy counterpoint merchandise. So... I want to see what the Jazz do at the deadline. Every move counts at this phase of your reconstruction. So, And by the way, by the way, I just want to say, if Friday, when we do the show, they've made trades and they've done things. No, on, on tomorrow, when we're doing an emergency show in the middle of the day, because they've made huge trades, I'll be a very happy man for you. Yeah. Because that's exactly what the Jazz should be doing. Yeah. That's what they should be doing. I agree. You know, like it's, I, I don't know who this is calling me. They've called you again? Yeah, they're calling me again. I don't know who that is. I don't know. Okay. I, like block number is calling me multiple times. And there's only two people who call me from a block number. And I think you know who that is. Yeah, but I understand. We'll see. I don't, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Good talk. Good talk. We feel better now. Yes, good talk. Telephone sources. Yeah. You know what's funny? This dude on Twitter. And I don't know what I did to this guy that he is so pissed off. But this guy, Corey, this guy tweets at me every day and he essentially he says, eat shit, Monty, like every day. Yeah. I don't know this dude. So he put up a, a poll last night and I, he says, does the Monty show have sources? I'm going to vote no in that poll. Like it's hysterical to me that you guys put, there are some people, and Corey is like one of the guys, and it's hysterical They to listen me. every day. You put so much energy into being angry and hate. Yeah. And I've, I've never understood that. Yeah. I've never understood that. They listen every day, bro. I, 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 it's, it's funny to me because they just don't, like they don't understand, like you're, go do something else. You know, like I've, and this is kind of the LeBron conversation we've had, like, it's, it's interesting to me that this is what you choose to do with your life. Yeah. And I, I appreciate it because you're spreading the gospel of Monty. Hey, knock yourself out, dude. I'm, I'm all for you putting up polls. I'll vote in them happily. I'm all for you telling me to eat shit. I'll retweet it happily. Like, you're making me, bro. Talk you're about not me breaking on the radio. Me. Talk crap to Please. me on Twitter. Get pissed. I said it costs, costs money to read your article when it doesn't. Like, it, all these people, that's that's just what it is. And, and, and yes. the funny thing is, like, you know, we had, and, and we spoke on this already, I'm sure, but for the new people, like, we had a moment, you know, two weeks ago or whatever it was or whenever that was where we had someone say, like, 
you know, oh, well, you guys only have a certain amount of subscribers, and that means that it's physically impossible for you to have a certain amount of views. And we've had other people say, oh, well, you're on YouTube. You don't have ratings. And it's like, dude, you don't understand how this game works. And, and it's funny because I love that we're in that position. They don't understand that by talking about us and doing polls and hating on us, what, what happens to someone who's never heard of us before and you're just hating on us? Well, they're going to go and check us out because they want to see, they want to see, well, is this, is this really what this is? I cannot tell like, you how many people, how many people come to the show and they're like, oh, I used to hate you guys. You never, you didn't have any sources. And then you guys, like the things you said started happening. That is a daily occurrence on the show. Quite literally. But I don't, aside from all that, why are we so enamored with hating? Why are yeah. we so enamored with negativity? And I don't mean like it could be the State of the Union last night with Joe Biden. It could be like Mrs. Monty and I are sitting there watching the State of the Union last night. And I said, I just want to, I just want to turn this off. Like I can't, I'm not, I don't happen to be a fan of Joe Biden and the way that he speaks. I, it, it bothers me. And my wife is like, well, I want to watch it. And so we're sitting there watching it and all like the, all these, these senators that are yelling heinous things at him. And it's just like, you're, you put so much energy into hating on Joe Biden and LeBron James and that you're not taking care of yourself. Like you're putting so much energy. Anthony Davis put so much energy into not clapping that you expose who you are. After right? the street clothes Davis. It's amazing how many people in this world spend vital, vital minutes and hours being like angry and yeah. being negative and it's why if you follow me on Twitter, you know I don't reply to most notif I don't read most of my notifications because I just choose not to have that negativity in my life. But the best thing is I tweet something. Hey, like I tweet links to our show every day. One of the top referral sources for our YouTube channel is Twitter. <laughs> you know, like it yeah. has a use, but I'm going to control how Twitter impacts me. Yeah. I'm going to control why, why, and we talked about this on, on some shorts the other last few days. Why don't I watch CNN or Fox News anymore? Because it's just negativity. Facts. It, that's all it is. It's just negativity. So I choose yesterday. I got my, I picked my car up from the Audi dealer. What did I do? Did I turn on sports talk radio here? I didn't. I plugged in my iPhone and I was bouncing to some music on the way home. And what happened? You got to the store and you were in a good ass mood. Cause you, you learn quickly when you turn off the negativity and you you listen to people who matter to you, who impact you, and you surround yourself with people that fill fill your space up with positivity and they energize you, they inspire you. Like my wife literally every day inspires me. You know, the, she's dealing with this broken arm and just her work ethic and her spirit, she didn't let this arm break her. Right? She didn't let this arm get her down. Has she had moments? Sure she has. But her spirit has been so strong and so high. It's inspiring to me. And you know, talking to people like a really good friend of mine um, just broke up with his longtime fiance. They had been together for like seven years. And we were talking ab about how much they had struggled because they, you know, he is really a career guy. And he works in he works in sports television and he's a big career guy and 
And it's like, hey, dude. He's like, the negativity was just so much. There was so much frustration that I just chose to get out of it. And that, to me, is so inspiring. Yeah. And I hear all these people, like another friend of mine, his dad passed away. And it had this profound impact on him. And we had this phone conversation. And just hearing him talk about how my life's not over. I need to pick up and I need to move on. But I'm going to live in this moment. And I'm going to... I'm going to let these feelings sink in and I'm going to feel all of these, this pain and suffering. And it's like, damn, dude, mm-hmm. that's what it's about. But on the regular, if you're going to surround yourself with people that are constantly angry, that are constantly snarky, that are always sarcastic, that never say, you know, hey, how are you? How was your day? Hey, tell me about how work was. Hey, tell me about this. How's your mom? How's your cat? But like, if you're not having those positive conversations, I just don't know what you're doing because you're not living your life. You know, like it's one of the things that's so interesting, like one of the guys locally Porter at ESPN 700 had gotten into an altercation with a national media member. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say the guy's name because I just think the guy is the scourge of yeah. the world. But Porter had sent this guy some negative in, uh, DMs on Twitter. Yeah. And people got into Porter about that. And it was one of those things where I don't know Porter Larson at all. Like, I don't. We have a Twitter relationship. And I sent him a note, and I I said, I I stand with Porter Larson. I support Porter Larson. And he replied, and he said, I really appreciate that. Because it's so easy when, when you're laying there on the ground bleeding, the hyenas show up and just rip you apart. And we've all been there. We've all been in a position where we've said something or we've done something or we were rude to our wives and we wind up having this big fight and you know you know how that feels. Let's you're settle you're this sitting right there, now. But you're like sitting there self-deprecating and mm-hmm. I'm a POS, I'm a terrible husband, I'm not a good friend. Like, And it's the worst feeling in the world. And what the last thing you need there is like, yeah, God, you're a, you're a terrible husband. You're a, terrible, you're a terrible boyfriend. What you need is, hey, you know what, man? Here's an opportunity for you to, you know, hey, Go and heal your relationship. Go tell your wife how you're honestly feeling. Go tell your husband how you're feeling. Go tell your mom how you're feeling. You know, it's that it's that whole thing where I, I'm a big believer in picking up your phone right here, right now, and telling your wife or telling your son or telling your best friend, hey, I miss you, dude. Hope you're doing well, man. Just think, just sitting here thinking about you. How's your day going? How are things going? You know, like that's what life is about. And if you're the guy that's on Twitter, or if you're the guy that's on Snapface or Instagram, like leaving all the negative comments, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like on our show, yeah. if you're one of the haters on our show, there's a million other shows that you love. Go listen to them. Go. What are you doing here? That's the. That's one of the things that's truly amazing about what we do. Yeah, is we meet so many people every day, and the thing that really kills me is a hundred people are positive there's that one guy and i always want to say to that one guy what are you doing here then yeah and it's funny that there are people out there who just enjoy it like it's like they said in the dark night yeah. right like there are just people out there who want to watch the world burn that i mean that happens every day on this channel where yeah. you have one commenter who's just negative and that's fine and, that, and that's why i've said like the 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 negativity train stops when you let it stop, when you say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, he put a poll on Twitter that said 
does the Monty show have sources? Okay, great. Cool. Let him Thank do you that. for like, doing that. Good. Who cares? Like I like we know we have, we know that we have really strong, typically double and triple sourced information that you guys don't get until it's double or triple checked. And and the reason for that is because we don't have ESPN behind us. I don't have the Church of Latter-day Saints supporting my radio station. So I don't get the benefit of being wrong or being on the air talking about how I'm getting texts about how a Don deal is done to the Knicks and then it never happened and then I backtracked. We don't get to do that. And so to me, I just, that's the greatness of what we do though, is that we, we, we can handle the negativity and the hate however we want because we work for us, and that's just the reality of the situation, bro. Joe Rake says, "Didn't uh, dang, what happened to Jazz Talk? Didn't know this was a therapy show. Jazz Talk's <laughs> been going on for two hours, bro. Yeah, and we, one of the things, if you're newer to this show, we the last half hour of the show generally is non-sports. And today it was supposed to be AMC movie theaters, but right now it's all, the, you know, like being more positive in your life because this, Le- this LeBron thing had me tripping about that last night. Mm-hmm. Just when he broke that record watching Twitter, like he erupted with he sucks and he's not Michael and he's not Wilt and okay, he's LeBron. And he just broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. Mm-hmm. And you know, the other thing I think is funny about YouTube and it's something we go through and the long times know this as well. Um, we get guys on the show all the time or accounts on the show, new viewers on the show who are like, hey, this is a jazz show and you're talking about Joe Biden or you're talking about negativity in life. And it's like, dude, we've been live for, what have we been live for? Almost three hours right three, now. Two hours and 55 minutes. So yeah, I know the thumbnail is a jazz thumbnail and I get that and I appreciate that you're here listening, but I'm just telling you that this is this show is different than every other show you, you will find on YouTube. It's a live show every single day that typically has a jazz topic and really good jazz talk and then really good general NBA and in the NFL season, we'll talk football like, you know, but yeah, we reserve the right on our show to spend the last half hour talking about whatever the hell we want to talk about. It just is what it is. My message for you today is shut out the negativity. I mean, it's, it just, it's not worth your time. We have so many good things going on in our lives. Think about that. Think about that. You woke up today. Fuck, man, like you're so lucky to just have woken up today and gotten out of bed because how many people didn't? How many people didn't? And you know the one thing that that I I, in this day and age I always think about? How many people died during the pandemic? Uh, None of us did. Yeah, we survived. You survived the layoff of life. How many people, exactly, how many people in tech are losing their jobs this week, next week, last week, last month? You didn't. I didn't. We're here. We're living. We're surviving. Like, let's be happy about that. You know, that's what I'm saying. Amber, what's up? Says, this is uh, this is the magic of the show. Came for jazz talk, stayed for the lessons. Appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Um, she said, this is the magic of the show. Came for the jazz talk, stayed for the lessons. It's important. Honestly, I think it's just so, it's so critical that we are, as people, able to have round conversations. Sure, we could talk about jazz. Hey, man, you know what, Joe or whoever that was about jazz? We'll post a highlight after the show of just jazz talk. You can go and watch that. Happy yeah. to do it for you, man. We do it every day. But I think these conversations, when we're talking about relationships, which I maintain make the world go round, you know, like you need to do that. When you're having a great day, we this negativity thing, it's so funny when we're having a really good day. How many people like call their mom and are like, Hey mom, I'm having a great day. How are you? But how many people 
when they're having a really bad day at work or they lost a big client or they lost their job, they go into isolation. They, they, they come in and what does that do? Instead of reaching out and, and knowing that, hey, well, you know what? Uh, Bob is always a really positive light for me or Karen's always a really positive light for me. Let me reach out to, to Stephanie who I know is gonna have a joke or a positive word for me to make me feel better. We'll, we'll ostracize ourselves. We'll, we'll take everything internally and we'll fall into this, this deeper darkness that can lead to things like depression with the, with the explosion of suicide in this country. It's times like the pandemic, unemployment. Hey, you know what? My money's a little tighter right now. We're, that can weigh on you a little bit more. Out, go out. Don't go in. Go out when you're struggling. That's how you... That's Where how is you get out of it. right now? Because I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, the next phone call, the next email, the next text message you get could change your life. But if you're not here for that, yeah. ah, screw that guy. Ah, you know what? I'm not, you know, that's Steve. I don't want to talk to Steve. Screw him. We just wind up by ourselves and this life is not meant to be lived alone. Yeah. That's what I would say. The Monty Ghost is back. Welcome back. Uh, thanks for being a positive light at the end of the tunnel uh, for me, Monty. See what it is, the light at the... Yeah, at the end of the tunnel. Our, hey, Monty Ghost, did you happen to see Aaron Rodgers in the cave, by the way? Is he okay? You know. Can you go check on him for us? Joe Rakes says, uh, no, it's all good. I'll just remember this inspirational segment next time I'm in Walmart. <laughs> You're going to need it if you're in Walmart. You know, RR says jazz talk. I'm listening just to hear about the meatball marinara commercial. Damn exactly right. right. Damn right. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says I'm listening in hopes we get Papa Murphy's Halloween commercials again. Oh, we will. We next will. Next year. Yeah. Uh, Lopes Van Gabe jazz talk. I thought this was a Wendy's. Exactly right. Yeah. Come exactly on. right. Lopes Van Gabe. Can't wait to see it. Spring training, dude. Uh, Macho man, Randy Savage, that block call could change your life. Well, I'll find out after the show. Um, you already know that. Tanner says it's the Monty Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Lott says, uh, just like you said the other day, you had a guy on here that is uh, by himself, and that sa said your show created positivity for him. Yeah. Sam says mad love and respect for you guys. Appreciate you, I appreciate Sam. Yeah, you, I, Sam. Listen, I think that's one of the reasons we do this show every day. That conversation, I don't talk about that stuff. I learned a big lesson over the holiday when we did that give back to our listener, give back to our community. Yeah. A lot of people said, hey, please don't talk about me. Hey, you know, I need help, but don't mention my name. The or... shame of it is incredible. Like the power of shame is amazing. Dude. And it like... just doesn't need to be that. Yeah. Everybody needs help occasionally. Yeah. But it's so common for people to say, you know, like up to three, four times, and I've, I've, Jake and I have showed this to Jake like three, four times. We have had people tell us, hey, you know what? This kid in the Philippines told us, hey, you know, I found your show for Jordan Clarkson talk, but, you know, you guys really picked me up. I was thinking, I lost my job. I, I live alone. Like he was talking about how he had thought about suicide, but, and I, I, I do not say this lightly. He said, I didn't want to miss your show tomorrow. And it's where our little saying of today's not the day we're going to die. Mm -hmm. Today's not the day I'm going to die. Today's not the day. It's not the day. And I said that to that guy. And it's that, that's one of the main reasons we do this show because we're a community. Yeah. I, I tell you every day to join our group. Dude, if you're in the, the Instagram members only group, I'm telling you it's, it's transformative.
Yeah, it the is, membership thing isn't about the money for us. It's really not. I mean, we didn't we didn't need to do it. We just felt like, hey, like, you know, there's an opportunity here and, and people could have a lot of fun doing this. Ken's going to the dentist. I have no positivity Damn, for you on the dentist. Damn, like I I yeah, you know, just tune in tomorrow. <laughs> Good luck, dude. Tanner says sorry, Ken. Good luck. Uh T Lawrence Gragston. What's up, What's T? Up? Found your show on YouTube. I look forward to it. When my money gets up, I'll be a subscriber. Good morning from Cincinnati. What's up? What's up, dude? Appreciate you, T. Good to see you, my guy. Uh, Kay Nuren says, positive mental health always brings someone up, not down, every day. Yeah. It, I'm a huge believer in smiling and saying hello to everybody you see. If you walk up to me and I, 